Welcome, listener, to the return slot. Of horror. (laughs) (laughs) A podcast recorded in the basement of our video store. After hours when the doors are locked, the VHSs are rewound, and the moon is glowing pale blue on a brisk and breezy night. We like to hang out in the basement, light a scented candle, crack open a drink, and discuss our beloved genre horror. Every episode, we invite you to join us for a frosty libation as we discuss a film selected from one of our painstakingly curated subsections of the video store. That's right, for the uninitiated or anyone unlucky enough to have grown up without an independent video store, Mickey, can you shed some light on this? Well, back in the day before there was streaming and even before Blockbuster, there were these independent video stores and to appease the appetites of movie nerds like myself and Michelangelo they would fill their shelves with anything they could get their hands on especially my favorites these video nasties right so these mom and pop shops were responsible for taking the horror genre from this limited theater runs and late night drive-ins to every rural town in America but what really made these video stores special were the people working in the store, curating personalized sections based on their interests and the interests of their patrons. Recommendations based on conversations, not algorithms. So here at the return slot, we keep that spirit alive and strong. We hope you enjoy perusing our sections and joining in our conversations. This week, we find ourselves in the true bromance section of the video store. Yes, that's right. This is our Valentine's Day, <laughs> one one of two possibly one Valentine's two, yep. Day episodes. Um, um, unfortunately, we had to take down the uh, Bermancing the Bones section of the video store and, and, and <laughs> got some complaints. Uh, uh, fill it in with the true bromance. I As see Chris. For this film, Chris there was is... a lot of protests that we heard about. <laughs> yeah. And Simon <laughs> and Schuster yeah. dropped uh, the sign, but thankfully someone else picked it yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Um, I haven't even introduced Chris yet, but we'll get to that. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am going to warn the listener. This is a hangout, have a drink, and talk with friends about movies podcast. This is not a professional situation <laughs> this is <laughs> not, no not we, we are not highly educated uh, um, uh, uh, film uh, reviewers uh, providing you with a critical analysis of these films um, we just like horror films and we like to talk about them and that's what this is so if you don't like that then I don't think you're gonna enjoy this so if you are though if you do like that, Join us in the basement for a drink, because tonight we are joined by Ronald Reagan superfan and expert, <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. long live, long live uh, Reagan economics and the Troika. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. So lovely to have you again. Chris, you're on a roll. Yeah. You can't get rid of me. I Seriously, I won't leave the premise. <laughs> yeah that is a, that's something that's a positive quality i find in running mm. a business to have a, to have someone who isn't an employee who's always just hanging mm-hmm. just constantly hanging yeah yeah contributing to the smell of the basement mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and to the overall vibe you know there's yeah. too many women around so we needed another guy another man mm-hmm. yeah Another Man, which is perfect for uh, uh, tonight's film. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, But before we get to that, uh, what are we having to drink this evening? Mickey? I am having the Founders Breakfast Stout. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
It, uh, I would say it like this. It's the coffee lover's consummate beer, brewed with an abundance of flaked oats, bitter, and imported chocolates, and Sumatra and Kona coffee. This stout has an intense, fresh roasted java nose topped with a frothy cinnamon-colored head that goes forever. That's a breakfast stout. <laughs> that was good. That makes me want it, actually. I want, yeah. I want like... So it's real frothy. It's a... It's a uh... <laughs> you just... You needed to like it would have just been perfect if you could have referenced like some sort of like as oh, blah 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 beer yeah. source set. It was, you know it was, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, throw in like a professional know, like, like yeah. point to it, then it would really like nailed it. Says, <laughs> New York Times says it's yeah, delicious. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Microbrewer aficionado. <laughs> so that's what I'm having. The breakfast stout. One of my one of my like uh go to's most through the winter. I like I like to have them. I don't drink a lot of them because they're pretty they're kinda heavy. And they do have like that, you know, strong coffee flavor, that Kona. Um, but it's good. I, I like it. Highly recommend. Also, if if it, it hasn't been made abundantly clear, Mickey is wearing um, uh, mm. under eye patches. Yes. Uh, yes. To moisturizers. Yeah. And they are slipping off of your face. <laughs> are they? Oh, little red on the I have these things too, and I, I, I'll wear them. And like, yeah, they do. They do kind of. Dr- I keep mine in the fridge for the Smart. for the for, the, for those added uh, uh, cooling benefits. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But um, now, yeah, Chris, I'll be taking them Chris, off soon. Yeah, Chris, uh, unfortunately, thought they were fruit roll-ups and ate the rest of the package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they taste like good? fruit roll-ups? Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> they are. They are quite, they're quite good. I mean, you kept saying, like, hey, don't eat the, my eye mask. And I'd say, what's that? This fruit leather's delicious. Yeah. Flu- yeah. Fruit fruit leather. It's a hard did you leather ever, to say. Leather, leather. Did you ever take a fruit roll-up, though, honestly, and, like, poke the eyes out yes. and the mouth out and wear it as a face mask? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did, too. I, I did didn't too. even love fruit roll-ups, but I did that because yeah. it looked like fun. Yeah. It's really cool. Speaking of looking like fun, what, what do you got there, Chris? Is that a Bink. spooky cocktail? I got a little something for you, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, okay, so I guess we haven't mentioned the film yet, but this is a film that... No one would possibly know what film we're talking about at dives. this point. How would you so don't ruin That's it. a good point. That's a very good point. Well, no, but like this is a film in which like distinctly like the film or if you've also read the book really calls out certain drinks. So definitely like, you know, I'd say that this is a mm-hmm. good one if you want to enjoy like a little J&B on the rocks, you know, a little mm-hmm. something like that while you watch this film. I think that's also a good choice. However, I did create a little something for it. Uh, I call it... It's actually a reference to a segment in the novel that uh, is very appropriate for the time of the season that we're talking about, which is, I call this watching the Patty Winter show and sending a box of flies to Evelyn for Valentine's Day. Hold on. <laughs> you need to say that. That was a long name, and you said it really fast. Too fast? I'm you, sorry. I, I need you to say it a little. Sorry. S- it's, it's a book My reference, fault. Right? Say it like uh, Say it like the protagonist. Sure. Uh Watching the Patty Winter show and sending a box of flies to Evelyn for Valentine's Day. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> That's better. <laughs> this is uh, a couple ounces of scotch that have been soaking in muddled strawberries for a couple of days to infuse a little strawberry flavor into it. Strained and mixed with half ounce of Cointreau and three dashes of chocolate bitters and put on a large ice cube. God damn. Kind of like a scotchy old fashioned that's with strawberry and chocolate for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it sounds great. Man, this is why we keep you around. Yay! I earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are those those strawberries from your garden? Oh, no. Wrong time of the year for that, bud. 
Well, I don't wow. know. Maybe, wow. maybe you have Come on, frozen bud. them, you bud. piece of hey, shit. You can hey, freeze bud. fruit. You scumbag. Hey, <laughs> son of a bitch. You, you outstayed your welcome, Chris. Go. <laughs> yeah, go. Leave the, hey. leave the cocktails it's, it's, and go. Leave them. Oh, okay, okay. It's early in the episode to be kicked yeah. out and banned. Normally I wait until about halfway. Yeah. <laughs> Michelangelo, what are you having? Yeah, what you drinking, Michelangelo? Uh, I am having, uh, in celebration of women everywhere, I am having El Dente, uh, which is an Italian-style pilsner from uh, the woman-owned brewery in Brooklyn, Talea. Mm. Little, great, great. They make great beers. I've I've mentioned yeah. them before. They make my favorite. Uh, believe it or not, so far in my life, I would say they make my favorite. Um, like Oktoberfest style beer because it's it's like a combo of a pumpkin ale and an Oktoberfest, and it's amazing. Huh. It's really sorry, delicious. What but... kind of what kind of style of ale did you say that was again? This is El Dente, which <laughs> I can say because I'm Italian, um, which is an Italian style Got Pilsner. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Uh, let me let me. Okay, so. I'm going to tell you a joke, and then you tell me if it's problematic if a non-Italian person tells this joke in Italy. Sure. Okay? Oh, wait, so, in Italy? Uh, it has in to be Italy. in Italy. Okay. Non-Italian it, person. Is in, okay. in, yeah, yeah. A non-Italian person, like, yeah. in Italy telling this joke. Okay. North or and, south? Italy. <laughs> I'm not talking about those pieces of shit from the north. <laughs> no, actually, uh, this will be this would be in northern Italy where the, these people will be. Um, and okay. this is coming yeah. from a child. A child would be telling this joke. Okay. Um, and Chris, and I'm pretty sure Mickey, you both know the punchline to this. But so play along if you know the punchline. Yep. How do you say gorilla in Italian? Oh, I know it. Yep, I know it. How do you say it? I said play along, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what me? I take two. I thought no, I was. Take two. No, no Chris, I, I, you I, did a great job. Okay, okay. Mickey just I, had I, to say he knew I, it. I, I, yeah, I almost. Oh man, we're off to a bad start. Okay, just say it again. Say it again. Do this again. Okay. All right. Okay. How do you say gorilla in Italian? Gorilla in Italian. Oh, I, um, I don't. Fuck. Oh gosh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Now, how do you do it? Big a big a monkey. Hey. <laughs> now, do you see that being a problem for a, like a little American kid to say to Italian people in Italy? This. Well, I will say this: Do these Is Italian the... people actually speak English? Yes. This this would and, be a situation and, where. And he's, he's the kid he's... of Italian descent. He's not no, Italian at 100%, all. Like hundred percent not Italian at all. Well, I mean, hey, Jewish kids and Italian kids. Jews and Italians very similar. This is this yeah. is uh, my partner's nephew, um, who is the sweetest little boy ever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and Allie was like, "I taught him that joke, and I think it'll be fun for him to tell when he's in Italy." And I was like, "I don't think that's don't a good think idea. So. I don't it think on the Italian. I think if I told that joke in Italy, they wouldn't like it." Because they don't, yeah. Italians don't see me as Italian. They see me as American, which is rightly right. so. I am American. I would say that they're not going to care about his existence, so thus they're not going to be offended. Does that make <laughs> <think> sense? <laughs> it's, it, yeah. I mean, if anything, they're also not wow. going to be offended by the kids saying it. They're going to be offended at the parents being like, seriously? This is, this is, yeah. And it also depends on the crowd. Some people are more 
like you know have a little more empathy for kids just oh they'll yeah, say the you, darndest things true but is that point. an american mentality hmm. i don't know i don't i, I don't know enough. i don't know i don't know I, I really don't know um you make a good point this is a very but, succinct uh, and relative to the conversation oh tonight. so oh so, we're, so apropos about that <laughs> tonight we are talking about The Wall Street Secret Life of Walter Mitty, a farcical horror comedy of mistaken identity and social satire. This film tells the story of one very handsome, very rich, very dorky Manhattanite's journey from psychopath to psychotic. I'm, of course, talking about Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner's adaptation of Brett Easton Ellis's critique of male behavior set in the lawless Manhattan of the 1980s, 2000s American Psycho. Was that too wordy? I felt it was too many having good. the 80s and the... It yeah. was, no, I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was good. Well, okay. okay, you get you get a, a check plus on that. You're check you're plus. Good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're handsome. You're smart. So good. You're so my hair's oh, thick. My hair's thick. Oh, it's so thick. lush. It's it's so How'd lush. You get the hair yeah. of the and the skin. You were yeah, but as I scalped his like, as he was reading his monologue, he was like looking in the mirror, flexing. It was weird. Yeah, a lot of pointing and flexing. Yeah, I have some high heels too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always have those around, <laughs> just in case. Um, so yeah, tonight American Psycho, Mickey, Mickey, this is your pick for uh, yeah. uh, True Bromance. This is our, our Valentine's yeah. Day episode. Um, why American Psycho uh, for Valentine's well, Day, and uh, you know, what is your relationship with the film? You know, it's uh, like I said, Valentine's Day is 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 here, and I wanted to have a bromantic night. You know, I don't get to have those very often, so I thought we'd get some craft beer, some face masks, some cocktails, do a little bit of pampering, and uh, watch a film that helps us explore our masculinity together. Perfect. In so many different pockets of my life, the relationship that I have had with Patrick Bateman, uh, or should I say, the, the relationship I have to Patrick Bateman and his male counterparts, runs a parallel and similar line to relationships I've had with males. Albeit the movies exaggerates these relationships, it uh, it points to the stupidity of the toxic male culture, but it's one that I have taken a large part in and still do sometimes, but I've also spent decades growing out of, and hopefully this movie allows us to laugh uh, at the joke, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, for me, this movie is hilarious. And in multiple iterations of, of different generations, different decades of watching this film, it has made a different impact on me. Um, I st- the first time I saw this was probably a year after it was in, it was when we were in New York city, my brother uh-huh. had come to visit <clears throat> and uh, can we just roll? Are we rolling right into our, our history with it? I'll start. Yeah. 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 Of yeah, course. And yeah, Mickey, yeah, of course yeah. is talking about when uh, he and I were 18, we met at an acting school in New York city right. yes. uh, in 2001. And, um, and we were, yeah, we were some of the youngest people there. And we really hit it off, and we formed the John Wayne Club. Um. <laughs> the much uh, uh, the, the, didn't the, age the well. Didn't John Wayne Club didn't didn't age well. Uh, but Chris, you're uh, you're you can take it over. You can be the in charge of that club now. Oh, um, sweet, yes. <laughs> but but uh, it was in 2001 
I believe my brother had come to uh, audition the for cult, his, the cult brother, the cult brother. Yeah. He'd come out to audition for the Metropolitan Opera because he has a brilliant baritone voice. Oh, wow. And um, and he did actually uh, get an understudy. But um, so he was there. And wow, he, got, I went, he got an yeah, understudy at the Met. Awesome. At the Met. Yep. And then, wow. and then turned it down and joined and became a preacher. Um, what a fucking that's what <laughs> this guy <laughs> i met your but brother it, it, i remember all, i remember him he he's a very uh handsome and charming guy uh and obviously those choices led to his family and things like that but like man that's crazy to turn down yeah. an understudy gig at the well it, it all happened over this, this period in new york city because he ended up uh volunteering while he was down there at the bowery mission to help out and like it totally changed his life so he's down on the Bowery Mission helping these guys, these ex-cons get back on their feet. And he like ended up going on this like pilgrimage where he gave up everything he owned, all of his money and possessions to the Bowery Mission and wow. decided to start from scratch again and, and stopped his pursuit of – it's very similar to Patrick Bateman in some ways. Like he, his pursuit was to be this superstar metropolitan opera singer. I just mean in, in a different world the way that they climbed the ladder of Wall Street. He was trying to climb the ladder of of I don't think you, you know, should the be opera comparing world. your brother to Patrick Bateman and any I see <laughs> well, what you're he, saying, he but it's a, a cult. gross he did exaggeration. Join a cult. He did and join a cult. Be, and to be to be clear, the the uh uh the Bowery mission is not the cult you're talking about. No, of course not. Of course not. I know I'm just trying to be clear yeah. to the listener. We, like that, that's a good yeah. organization. Absolutely. And I'm driving this car back on, on track because this is not about my brother. He just happened to be there. And there were two movies we watched over the weekend in Queens when I, I went just, and stayed with them. I just I, 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 I just got to say, <laughs> just because you want to succeed in life in something I, I know. does not mean I you're know. Patrick Bateman. Okay. I understand this. Everybody understands this. Okay. I just want to clarify. I just wanted to are clarify. You, are you, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have this conversation to be interesting then because I'm already getting you like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Buddy. So, <laughs> so we watched two movies, Memento and American Psycho over that oh, weekend. Oh, shit. That's a great twofer. And yeah. Yeah. And I, it's hard for me to say this, but, but there's a, a part of Patrick Bateman in me. All right. I, I know oh, yeah. that sounds creepy and gross. Of and course. Nervous. No, no. Yeah, of course. But, but when a, it, a when, part of Patrick Bateman and all of us. That's. But when you're 19 yeah. and and you watch that that movie, I haven't experienced enough life to understand or figure out why I'm drawn to this character. Hmm. Uh, even though uh, it's just hard for me to suss through all the balance of humor, but also feeling a little like disgusted with his behaviors, mm-hmm. but also feeling like there's a blurry line where I like also kind of like idolize this person. And, you know, so, some of it was like, I just think I just I think I just love the performance. But then I'm like, no, there's mm-hmm. something else happening. And then the older I get and the more I watch it, the more I understand my relationship better to that character and why I I really adore this this movie and his performance. And then most recently when the pandemic happened, my oldest son, uh, Jackson, the, the pandemic hit the year before they all went to college or maybe it was, yeah, it was around there. They were getting ready for college and he and all his like guy friends just were all in on like idolizing Patrick Bateman. Ooh. It was like a whole internet yeah, thing. I want to talk about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was a whole internet thing. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, is this a good movie? And I was like, it is a good movie, but I think you're kind of missing the point. I think you should watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And then after watching the movie, we were, we didn't have like a deep conversation. We just had like a, a very surface level conversation of me being like, you understand that this is like making fun of 
these behaviors, this, not yeah, not saying these are the behaviors mm-hmm. that you should be doing. But I had to sit there, like talking to him, being like, "Is that what I was feeling twenty years ago when I was his age, first experiencing this film? That there was something about the the relationship between those Wall Street yuppie friends that for some reason I kind of wanted to be in that group." And I, you know, and, and it's, I don't, that's why I say it's, it's very, and we're going to uncover, we'll unpack this more as we go through. Did you want to be, did you want to be in that group because you, it like identified or like it made sense to go ahead. They were rich, successful, handsome white males who could do Mm. whatever the fuck they wanted. And I was like, that's, and I'm being, I mean, there's like a, a sick part of me that's like, that's the American dream I really want, where you can just do whatever you want and you have a license to do it and you can talk this. Because, you know, I like oh, yeah. we, we joke all the time about how I'm the whitest person Michelangelo knows. And there is some truth to that. But I'm also like, you know, Hispanic and, I you know, born yeah. in Honduras, raised in you know the South, where I always kind of felt just adjacent to um, the cool popular kids just slightly on the fringe of it. Like they all accepted me. I was part of that crew, but always feeling like not fully accepted. So watching American Psycho, as gross as it sounds, I was like, if that's the kind of people I got to be, you know, it's like, I would rather be that than to be on the outside of that. So, but as I've gotten older, I also understand that this is me wrestling with like, you know, male, like masculinity in America. Like, what does it mean to be successful? All these things that, that this movie's touching on so well and doing such a dark humor, uh, satire of it that, you know, once you've had these experiences in life, you can look at this and be like, this is, this is incredibly amazing. And, and only could have been done in the movie, uh, by a female director and female writer. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I have not read the book, so I want to make that very clear. I've not read the book. I understand there's some difference in tone, but, um, but yeah, so that's my history with it. And I had a blast watching it this week, uh, you know, mm-hmm. very, very quotable movie. I, I laugh the whole way through and you know it's just it's great uh i think if i real quick i think it's interesting i don't know i'm sure michelangelo you and i can probably both speak to i think but in watching this and like writing down what to talk about mickey you're hitting on i think something that like i would imagine we both did which is probably like it's interesting to think more as you get older about like that perception of an ideal of a toxic character that can be perceived mm-hmm. as positive on a younger generation. It's so interesting mm-hmm. that you actually had that firsthand experience yeah. like that, Mickey. I just, I don't know. I just kind of, uh, that was something I was going to bring up. And it's so interesting that you had that firsthand. I, I, so I'll jump in with yeah. mine yeah, real please, quick. Please. Um, uh, I saw this in high school and, uh, oh, okay. actually, uh, did a fake book report on the book as well. I paid, I, <laughs> I, I, I had a friend, I had a friend, who is now a journalist, who oh. I would pay in sandwiches to do my homework. <laughs> and he did a book report on American Psycho. And I got like I got like a D on it. Oof. Because two reasons. One, I think just like the film and the book, it was misunderstood at that time and it was a mm-hmm. female teacher. And two, she knew I didn't write it, but she couldn't prove it. Yeah, it was yeah. like he's he is a wonderful writer, and I am like I was I'm dyslexic. I could barely write in high school, like so. He wrote yeah. this like elegant, 
report about it and I tried to like dumb it up a little bit, but she she knew. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw this uh, while I was working at Hollywood Video. I rented it and um, uh, I loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a, 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 a like I idolized Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Patrick Bateman, which I think right. is, is is like there's two issues we we could well that that you've mm-hmm. already kind of brought up with this film, which is one it it being co opted by uh, like uh, uh, bros, bros, yeah, for the wrong reason, right? absolutely, yeah, like like fucking yeah, Patrick Bateman's fucking in shape, he yeah. looks good, he's got fucking money, and yeah. then also the, the the just the mis the the misunderstanding of like absolutely this yeah. is this is farce, this is comedy, this is satire. Mm-hmm. He, oh, this yeah. is not this is not a redeemable, likable person. Yeah. This is this is this, this guy this guy is a loser. Yeah. He's a dork. fucking he's a dork. dork. He does yeah. not yeah. I want to fit in, right? He does not fit in. He's like an alien trying to understand (laughs) Mm -hmm. human behavior. Um, That's That's literally what they were doing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's the... the, Yeah, yeah. so the the renting of the videos trying to... How do I have sex with someone? How do I murder someone? Mm -hmm. How do... uh, Everything's just... Anything he says that's positive is just regurgitation of something else. Um, So as a young man... I was I was like I want to be Christian Bale. I want mm-hmm. to I want to get in shape like he does and look as handsome <clears throat> oh, yeah. as he does in this oh, film. Yeah. That's a thing. For sure. Um yeah. but also I want to like I I want to work on projects like this and take these like mm-hmm. big, wild, crazy fucking swings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so like um I do identify with what you're with what you're saying of like oh yes the morning routine it's it it seems to work and like as a person who has like um um uh some OCD tendencies uh in the book what I found <laughs> I like his lists mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and also speaking of like the violence in the book right it, it, according to to uh uh. uh Brett Easton Ellis. There's really only four pages of horrific violence in the book, according to mm-hmm. him, and then the rest of it is just satire and lists. Yep. Um, I, I I haven't read it in so like I was becoming friends with Chris when I read it fully for the first time, and I oh, remember really? yeah, it was around that time that we met that I was reading it for the first time. Uh, Did we talk about it a lot back then? I think I, we I talked about remember. it. I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, mm. I I I remember reading it and like being so disturbed by the violent sections <laughs> yeah. that I would throw it across the room yeah. and not pick it up for like a day or so. Yeah, you remember well, me telling you this? I do. I yeah. I had a high school friend that had the exact same experience. Mm. Because it's really all, aw- I mean, just really, really oh. awful stuff. So to hear it's Terrible. only four pages, I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but and I, I would agree that the book is probably more the satire and the lists than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just the violence is so, I mean, in the book, it's just so awful. You could never put it on the screen, what he oh, does. Oh, absolutely. Um, and as I've gone and revisited it 
uh, revisited it. it, it, it. Um, <laughs> good writer. Uh, good, that was, that's that good writing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you like wood? Uh, I... So like I, I I knew I didn't understand satire completely when I saw it for the first time. Right. But I knew that like this was not a person to be idolized, the right. character. Uh and just like as I watch it as I get older, just like appreciating it more and more as time goes by. And like, thank God this was a a, a Mary Heron film and not an mm-hmm. Oliver Stone film with Leonardo oh, not, and Leo, you just, know Leo would have leaned in to the to the schmuck of it and not the like foreign alienness of it and it would have been he he, he, play, he plays this character later in life in a lot of ways but they redeem him in The Wolf of Wall Street which is so weird uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's another film I think mm-hmm. that's misunderstood in like the way pe- like like my also Goodfellas my brother's like my one yeah. of my brothers as a younger man a worshipping the Joe Pesci character and that and it's like well, t- that's not Tyler a Durden. person to worship Tyler Durden the, t- Tyler Durden like Tyler Durden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like the the the, the uh uh a bros co-opting yep. good cinema, right? Good yep. films. And like then these movies are sort of but, like, oh, you like Fight Club? You you must not but, be a very but, intelligent person. But I but you I want to make Yeah, but I do want to say, like, like because just like with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, you know, where it was also co-opted for a positive reason and stuff like that, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do think that there is something in this film which is smart. That does blur slightly this like they want you to be turned on by Patrick Bateman. The way they shoot him, the way they cover him, the way the coverage is done from the shooting style early on especially is like we want you to be seduced by this person somewhat. And I think it's very effective. And I think that's where it's like if you're not somebody, like I said, doesn't have the the uh, social intelligence yet to understand that like this is part of the the charm of this film. You know, it's like, it doesn't come out and just immediately, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Michelangelo? Uh-huh. <laughs> Chris, I think you're maybe having a slightly similar reaction. Why don't you go ahead? I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that he is supposed to be an enticing character because of he does have, you know, obviously the physique and the perfectness yeah. But, you he know, says all the right that, things. He, you know, and, has and the job. And... Maybe, like, you know, I think if you are a 15 or 18-year-old, you mm-hmm. know, boy, you know, that type of thing, then, like, the ideology of someone who is so, you know, quote-unquote alpha, you know, if mm-hmm. you will, you yeah. know, it is kind of intoxicating. Sigma. It is, Sigma. but it's not. That's Sigma, that's Sigma. So, yeah. That's Sigma. I, I was that's what's so say. funny. Is he's <laughs> totally not alpha. He's such a fucking outcast. He's it, such it a loser and a dork. And it doesn't but, take long in the movie to get to that point. You know what I mean? Then that the yeah, the, the curtain falls on the perception of who he is. But, but if this, you're I think paying attention. But this is the thing that makes him so appealing. I'm I'm just saying again, he's an outsider who operates within and looks just like them, fits in like them. It's like it's like the um what's the uh oh the old T V show about the aliens that come and live amongst you and they're oh, they can, v? Uh, maybe I don't know, they look like you know something, but my point is that that I think that that is working on multiple levels, and you know, we'll can talk about the Sigma thing too if you want. But but it's like it's just it's it. He's become a lot of what I think I was as like a you know it's like somebody who 
operates slightly on the outside. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but somebody that operates on the fringe of it, but somehow he figured out a way to be like right in the middle of it. You know, I mean, there's something beautiful I, about, you know, there's something beautiful about being, being so much like the thing you want to be that you get forgotten and lumped in as the other people, right? Like, like to be called Davis, and I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm saying hmm. as as being an outsider, of, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm trying to take away. You. Yeah, I'm not trying to take away what you're saying about being an outsider, but he's an outsider because he's a fucking psychopath. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah the. Yeah, but if you can empathize with with freaking if you can empathize with Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, <laughs> allow me to have some oh, empathizing. Yeah. With Patrick oh no, Damon. but but you can empathize. But, <laughs> yeah. Leather Leather, I, I'll disagree with you there, and then we should get to Chris's history. But like, I can I can sympathize with the caricature of Leatherface in part right. two because he does have some redeeming qualities. Bateman yeah. does has no no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> he well, is a pure yeah. and utter and yeah. like you know I I, I my uh, my intro that I wrote one man's journey from uh, psychopath to psychotic. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's pulled from uh, Bale. That's what Bale mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Like his character arc is he's a psychopath yeah. and he his yeah. arc is going to psychotic. Which I, I just um, I just think that I think we do a disservice as human beings to take somebody that a lot of people have mischaracterized and, and idolized and just say, It makes no sense. It obviously makes tons of sense because it's happened to millions of young boys all over the well, world. Well, yeah, you you yeah. he's yeah. but but for me, I think it's coming from the insane charm and good looks of an actor sure. who's like breathing life into like like this movie needs Mary Heron and uh Guinevere Turner of course of right? course and but of it course. also needs Bale Bale mm-hmm. who is who's doing Absolutely. like uh Julia Louise Dreyfus right on Seinfeld right. what makes her so brilliant is she, she doesn't care about not looking stupid yeah. right so Bale right. doesn't care about looking like a dork he he is willing to make these wild choices and like it's just like the director well, and the actor syncing with one another mm-hmm. and I like would, the it, vision if i may a little bit to that though i mean it is a distillation though of the character that was created by brit easton ellis i mean yeah you know there is definitely a difference between the patrick bateman of american psycho the movie and american psycho the in the movie, though, like, you know, like there's a great scene in the book in which uh, Tom Cruise lives in the same building as Patrick Bateman and he runs into him in the elevator and they have this mm-hmm. hilarious exchange about him calling Patrick Bateman calls cocktail bartender and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is like kind of, you know, obviously like awkward and put off by him. He starts his Patrick Bateman's uh, nose starts to bleed, you know, like something like that's not in a movie. But then like, you know. Christian Bale gave the moonwalk to the 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 murder of uh, mm-hmm. Paul Allen. You know that's his own, t- you know, twist yeah. on it. His own take on it to still give it that like dorky, dumb character mm-hmm. kind of arc a bit of Patrick Bateman in the film. Anyway, so of course, Brett Easton Ellis writes the book. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So yes, but uh, what's what, uh, uh, Chris? What's your history and relationship? with the with the film so i don't remember why we and slightly didn't... the book yeah well i mean i think they're kind of intertwined a bit so a, a bit but i do want to focus mostly yeah, on, of course like, we'll, we'll of course. bring in the yeah because they are yeah. they are different 
but uh so i don't remember why like me and my friend group whenever i was i think 16 or 17 didn't see this in the theater because i remember watching the commercials and being like you know like oh shit like you know this is on my radar i want to see this that type of thing <laughs> and then but i vividly recall this being like you know a new release at the video store renting it on dvd watching it with my friends you know on like a, a friday night after school I think at my like my brother's apartment or something like that, and just like loving it, just like mm -hmm. you know, like it, it it worked for me on every level. Like I thought it was hilarious. A Christian Bale was you know captivating, Incredible. and just like you know, like I to watch him in this film was like, you know, I was not really familiar with him. I I hadn't seen Newsies, like I hadn't like mm -hmm. you know, and so like for, for me, <laughs> like I was like, the sun. I, yeah, sun, yeah, like I like summer oh, night stream. Like this yeah. guy's amazing, you know. Yeah. It's I a mean? Like, it's a landmark performance for sure. It sure. is. Um, I, I I think is best. No, no Batman, no Batman, mm -hmm. no Machinist, no Machinist. No, okay, I don't think it's better than this. Machinist anyway. is physically and physically. We can do a whole episode. Oh, we can yeah. do a whole episode oh, yeah. on Bale. But yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. to focus this back in. So anyway, so <laughs> I loved it. Immediately then, like, you know, very quickly, I think I think just from watching the movie was like, oh shit, this is a book. Like, you know, like immediately yeah. went yeah. and read the book. Was that like you know, that linchpin to my friend group of being like, you gotta fucking read this thing. Yeah. <laughs> thing. And it yeah. became like the stuff from the film and the book became shorthand amongst us. Like, you know, like we'd go to a concert and, you know, a friend would like come back from the bathroom and be like, they have a terrible bathroom to do coke in. Like that type of thing. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it was <laughs> all, all like, you know, like the jokes from the, the book and the film uh, became like our like little like ha ha things that we would do between each other. Um, you know, similarly, I think it's so funny, Michelangelo, you had the same thing that a friend of mine did of like, you know, read the book and then would get to some of those horrible, horrible, mm -hmm. you know, things in the book and would be so disgusted would throw it across the room. I think it's a, I actually, Guinevere Turner, I believe, or Mary Heron, I think it was Mary Heron actually, had a quote that actually sounded the same exact thing too, whenever uh, I read an oral history of this yeah. uh, for, and running up to it. So, so it's interesting. But so anyway, so I mean, it's a book that I've read a couple times. It's a film that I've seen. Mm -hmm. half a dozen to 10 times. Sure. Uh, I love it. I love the a history baker's, of it. Too. A baker's dozen. A baker's a dozen. A baker's dozen. Uh, it's, I think something too that I like, I love like, you know, if you read about the history of this film too, like this is something that will like, won't happen again. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how it's, it like came to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a one of a kind. Like it's so, it's fascinating to me. Like, you know, like it's a passion they, project. And thank God that, you know, to your point, Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner and Christian Bale were involved in it. At the yeah. same time, though, I would be very interested to know what a Stuart Gordon black and white with Johnny Depp version would look like. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or, or an Oliver Stone Leonardo DiCaprio I, version. I don't yeah. really want to see Oliver that, Stone, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to see Wall that. Street. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to see that one. Yeah, Oliver Stone. I kind of know where that's going. Uh, um. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's like all those versions and all those possibilities yeah. that are out there. Cause all of, all the people like David Cronenberg and Brad Pitt and like, yeah. you know, all these people, the possibilities I think is really interesting. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, so no, it's uh, I, 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 I was really looking forward to an opportunity to talk about this film. And yeah. I just, I'm a big fan. Anyway. Thank God. Gloria Steinem came in and stopped Leo from 
doing Thank that, you, right? The, the, feminism the wins in this movie. This movie yeah. is won by feminism. This is what I love about this film, right? It's like, well, that's, <laughs> it's to have and grown, it's, to have grown. To, well, yes. Well, well yeah. I Gloria see Steiner yeah, would yeah, disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, no, like but, for a six million dollar budgeted movie right? to uh, uh, yeah. acquiesce a twenty million dollar payout to its lead actor, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still keeping the six million dollars. I don't know if that's true, but that's okay. that's the information that's out there. That's... It's just it's just and and then uh, uh, Mary Heron being fired temporarily mm-hmm. uh, as a result of his like it just in and bef- I just want to throw this in there because it's so obvious. Um, but like, wow! The rest of the cast of this fucking movie is oh, so phenomenal. They're so incredible. good. They're everything. so good. Everybody. 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 Matt Ross. Um. Uh. Def- I mean, and what a coup! Willem Dafoe uh, oh, as so the great. detective. Yep. God, I love him. I love him in this yep. in this mm-hmm. film. Um. That yep. stunt casting right there. You put him. You put him in a, especially at that time. You put him mm-hmm. in any part, and it's just he's so unpredictable that you just it it just you automatically you on pins have and that like like tension in every mm-hmm. scene. Um, and I'm sure you guys know, like she had him play it three ways yep. in every mm-hmm. scene. Yep. You That's know he cool. did it. Yeah. You don't know he did it, or you you know he did it. You you're sure he you, didn't do it. You're not mm-hmm. sure, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of like Colombo a little bit. Yep. In this, <laughs> I should I, does, I I will say, whenever he cat, does the your like cat Colombo. Yes, yeah. like yeah. my cat yeah. Columbo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, Especially by the way, now. I I love that I love that meme that's out right now when it's like uh, it's Defoe talking about a character he played, and it's like when uh, when I'm talking about my cat, and it's like, well, you know, he's gay. He likes oh, classical yeah. music. He's just he's very interesting. He's very complicated. It's it's it's, it's a it's a fun meme. Um, anyways, what were you going to say, Chris? Something actually important to what's happening. Oh, no, I don't know about that. I was just going to say even to um, like uh, I actually it's been a while since I had watched it and seen it again and realizing I was like, wait a minute. The homeless man that Pat that yes. uh, they kills is familiar. I was like, oh that, that shit, that's Reggie Cathy. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's just in this little bit part for like yeah, five that. seconds. Anyway, yeah, the, just all, the, the all cast stars all the way amazing. through. Yeah. And Jared Leto that, playing. Do you think Jared Leto left this film saying like, God, Christian Bale was so nuts. And then after seeing the performance, was like, I've got to do that from now on. I've got to take big swings from now on. I, I think Jared Leto left this performance. It was like, you know what? Patrick Bateman's a cool guy. I'm going to I'm gonna try to become Patrick, Patrick Bateman. Bateman. <laughs> Talking about uh, Still to this day. speaking of cults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just skirt that. Yeah. He is fantastic yeah. in this, and it is funny no, to fantastic. hear. Yeah. It is, it's interesting to hear Mary Herons be like, you know, just like talking about Bale and like how Buffy got for the part and how handsome mm-hmm. he is in it and like how like the women flocked when they were shooting mm-hmm. the shower scene to the monitors to watch yeah. him. But then like, but then to hear her talk about Jared Leto and be like, he's the perfect guy to play Paul Allen because mm-hmm. if I could, anybody, he's, he's effortlessly. so good looking mm-hmm. and he's yeah, so effortless. effortless. He's the perfect yep. uh, uh, foil to mm-hmm. Bale's Bateman. Because yep. it's it's just so so obvious and, and yeah, yeah. This, this is early before all the bullshit sure. method acting yeah. yeah yeah bullshit which is not 
method acting is a very misunderstood there, thing. Um, oh yeah. There's but, so there's so much Golden Boy like in I don't know if you guys I, I don't know I see it, your lives in my life have been different. So in the military, there's this like Golden Boy thing that happens where a big group of men show up and there's usually like one guy on who each just, other. I was and they, say where's this going? A bunch of guys show up in a shower. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> you all get a shower. Who would be the Golden Boy tonight? But but there's always like somebody in a unit that like regardless of effort gets everything, right? Mm. Okay. Yes. Regardless of effort gets everything because they because they look the part, they're like the golden boy. You know, it's like they just get everything. And just in the way that that they all show up dressed the same the same business cards it's mm-hmm. their uniform you know it's their uniform yeah. it reminded me so much the interactions there are so similar to many interactions in the military when a bunch of men are together where it's like you know this is how the relationship works it's like they're they're talking shit but the whole time it's like it's like who's going to be kind of who's the person in charge here who's going to assume the rank you know is it like re- so who's trying to be like the top dog of a group of people well, that all look indistinguishable, like that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And also, there's that's something called the coin challenge. I'm sure you guys have heard of this, right? In the military, I don't know. Oh, so so through your military career, uh, as you do things, if you do a good job and somebody recognizes it, they'll have a coin that they've been either given or that they had created, hmm. and they'll give you a coin and say thank you for it. And at a at a bar restaurant when a bunch of and it, I'm gonna say men I know women are in the military I'm not trying to you know insult any women that serve in the military because you're a part of this culture as well but it's very it's a very male dominated culture but when you're at a bar or something like that all the guys are Jack Jack John a guy will say hey challenge coin and he'll put a coin down and then you have to pull out whatever coin you have on you and then it's like everybody passes the coins around they're all looking at him like oh this is like okay. a two star general yeah policemen do it too. And that's normally very dark. (laughs) (laughs) So it requires the person to buy drinks who has like, you know, whoever like doesn't have the best coin or whatever, or whoever has the best coin. But, um, but it's a coin challenge and it's a whole, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's a dick measuring contest, just like the business cards. Yeah. So there's, like I said, different pockets of my life. I have been in these situations where I was like, this is such a great humorous, funny way to, to showcase how dumb men are in big circles of each other you mm-hmm. know when they're all when they're all trying to prove themselves Sp- speaking of dumb men um uh don't talk about yourself that way yeah uh <laughs> i i i, I and, and to comment on like what like your son was experiencing um I love that the opening montage, right, of Bateman's mm-hmm. morning routine has become this thing that's been parodied by douchebag fitness influencers, mm-hmm. and it's used to great success. Both and, and and both the audience and the influencer being oblivious mm-hmm. to like the point of the film, yeah, the, the yes. idolization of Bateman, you know. Mm-hmm. If I may, though, I think that's actually something like I think it was parody for a while. And now we're beyond the lexicon of it being parody. And now it is just part of social media influence. Oh, no. You know what I mean? It's like that's my point. It's not parody. It's just straight up like this is awesome. This is like like uh, uh, there's a real douchebag guy named Kino Body. And he has he (laughs) he that guy's a douchebag. 
Kino body? What do you mean? Kino What? Um, why would his parents name him Kino body? Okay. And oh, like he he will he will parody um uh Fight Club, uh mm-hmm. Batman, uh, mm-hmm. uh okay. American Joker. Psycho. <laughs> and it's like it's 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 to the point where it's like to great success on his end. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about like, is he aware of what he's doing or is he not aware? Either well, way, it's I, working. I, I have this theory. He's incredibly I, successful. T- time will tell, but I have this theory, right? Like for Jackson's group, right? Jackson's really into working out. He like he lives watching YouTube videos of guys talking about all their things they do to cut extra weight, to put on extra pounds. My 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 point is though is that I have to believe that if that draws them to the source material and he watches American Psycho, it had didn't maybe it didn't work now. It will the mm-hmm. the makers are that good, right? Mm-hmm. The creators behind this are that good that that it will subconsciously somewhere, whether it's he's going to see the behaviors of those people and he's going to have experiences in his life where he's in groups of men that things feel a little off or things feel like, why are we acting this way? And he's going to somehow draw back to that content, to that media and be like, oh, I get the joke now. I, I have to believe that. I, you, I, I, I think so. you, ha- you have him read the book. I think that's the ultimate like it's I, I think unless you're a psychopath you, yeah. you cannot yeah. read the book and not get it's and get yeah. and like get like yeah. oh Bateman's terrible and steroids yeah. are bad for you and coke is not good and these are not good people yeah you know no, you, you make a good point I mean like yeah so put away the coke Chris there's oh. no good place to do it down here. It's mostly it's mostly Nutrisweet. Don't do it on the laser disc. It's mostly Nutrisweet. You're going to ruin it's the fine. value of my laser disc. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if we do enough of it, it'll be okay. I do, I do like, it's always interesting when Bateman is like the reasonable nice one in his group of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that group, well, he's usually the voice of like, like uh, um, cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. Mm-hmm. Well, but like that's the whole thing, right? It's like you have to have that outer pretense yeah. of being evolved and being the coolest of the group and all that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then behind closed doors, whenever you're, you know, you're this monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, and it's well, kind we of have scary. to end in apartheid for one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His like little <laughs> lecture at the dinner table yeah, yeah. about all the things wrong with the world. So actually, and then it, like goes on to like fucking murder a homeless man and his it, dog yes, in the next yes. scene. Well, yes. and in saying that too, like you know, like actually, it was funny actually thinking about that on a rewatch. Like in that little scene that he's like doing that his little speech about all the things wrong with the world. I was like, man, I feel like there were some times when my younger years that I kind of sounded like this. <laughs> I, I have. You know what I, I mean? Regurgitating <laughs> someone else's opinion mm-hmm. as your own. Yeah. yeah. Or especially uh, well, Justin not Thoreau, even, not... Price's little, like, you know. Yeah. Have you heard about the Travis in Sri Lanka? Do you even Sri know Lanka. about what's happening in Sri Lanka? <laughs> Sri Lanka you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, like, like you get yeah. points or something like that. I've been in, I've been in those, those dinner conversations in the last couple of years of my life, especially over pandemic things where I'm sitting there with, with what I would, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to present myself in a wrong way doing this movie. Name names. But I will say that I have some liberal friends that can be so elitist in some ways sometimes that it turns me off. And I'm like, and it's like, it's it because I know that they're not on the ground 
doing the thing, right? They're not like actually doing the thing. They're not supporting the thing. They're not, but they want to talk about the thing and share what they read from the New York Times article. And then they mm. listened to the podcast on the daily. And then they had, you know, they would did a deeper dive. And now they want to just tell me all the information they found out about it. And then I'm like, well, you know, it's actually interesting you should say that. I've actually lived in that country for a year and I'll tell you about it, you know? And so Absolutely. it's like, it's, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's interesting to me because I obviously, I mean, I'm kind of giving away some of my politics and stuff, but I don't spend a lot of time around Republicans or conservatives types in my life. I've tried like spent my life running away from those people because <laughs> never worked you, out well in them. those situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I see it on, on all sides of the ticket, everything people believe in, you know, you, you're, we, we, we live such sheltered, safe lives right now in a way that I, I hear it from all sides. So, Yeah. Well, if I may too, like I think that that's something that the the film touches on and is in the book even more so. It's like, you know, Patrick Bateman's a good example. I think of some things that some people that are out there in the world of like, in public, they'll virtue signal and they'll mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. all of the most progressive mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. But then if you get them behind closed doors, now obviously not at this like level of murder and all that. <laughs> yeah, but then right. like racist, misogynistic homophobic yeah. things yeah. come yeah. out of their mouth it's yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know it's true for a lot of people out there in the united states that just because right. maybe they might be on one side of the political spectrum or the other doesn't mean that that's where their heart is in regards to their actions towards others and how they feel yeah. towards other people yeah Michelangelo, I, we're not talking about you stop um i i would get i used to get into like terrible long arguments with my partner Allie because I wouldn't I, I like refused to call myself a feminist because at the time I felt like all the guys who were saying that they were feminists yes, were all scumbags. Full of shit. Yeah. Full of shit. You know what Just I mean? trying to get laid. Just trying to get laid. The anti feminist yeah. in, in a lot of ways. They were it, like yeah. being a a, a a misogynist but using feminism as their way to uh, do their misogyny. It made <laughs> right? that that pickup line. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Chris, I got to ask you to tell a personal story. Oh, that slightly okay. connects with uh, something in this film. Cue the emotional okay. music. Now, the wonderful Reese Witherspoon, Evelyn, is talking about their wedding planning, and okay. I do, I do love that she's like. <laughs> Like t- they're gonna get Annie Leibovitz. Yeah, Annie yeah. Leibovitz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good but, line. But she awesome. is talking about having Godiva chocolate, right? And I <laughs> okay. know that Chris, Chris, Chris has a very personal, visceral story connected to Godiva <laughs> chocolate, and I would love it if you would share that, that story. That has absolutely you got, you, nothing you got to a do vendetta? with this. No, no, no. Michelangelo always just gets a a chuckle out of the story. Whenever I was a young man in my like, I don't know, 19 or 20 or something like that, I worked at a Godiva Chocolates in a mall Mm. in Kansas. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, you know, it was like kind of like a one man shop kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, I remember it was like, it was like late in a weekend day and I was working it and suddenly like my stomach kind of felt like it was filled with angry bees. (laughs) okay and i was like oh god and i had to like run and like take a giant <laughs> diarrhea shit <laughs> they like blew out my underwear and, like, <laughs> everything was terrible and then like i like didn't have time to like 
lock the front door or anything yeah. like that in the place. Uh, so then, like, I like walking in your and store. I, yeah, yeah, and I like, I feel like I just like reek like diarrhea. Shit. Oh, <laughs> like a shot. He had to throw out his underwear. <laughs> I had to throw his trash. Oh. <laughs> At your workplace. Wow, that's yeah. when you let. That's when you need to leave. You, it, I got a perfect out for you. Just say I have to return some videotapes. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, man. No, I really okay. am. I've been past it. <laughs> that sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> um. So is is there are there characters that you do feel sympathy for in in this story? Gene. Of this film. Yeah, Gene. Yeah. Gene, obviously. Gene, yeah. Yeah. What about Courtney? Is, so is Courtney Bryce's girl? Is uh Lewis's girl, uh Matt Lewis Ross's met, girl. Uh Samantha. That Patrick's Mathis. having the affair yes, with yes, that she's, on she's, the, like, she's, she's the one who thinks she up. goes to um uh Yeah. He tricks her into thinking she went to uh what's the restaurant yeah. that he's oh, trying Dorcia. to get Dorcia. Dinner Dorcia. Dorcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, reservation, yeah. He says that she's on all the drugs pretty much the whole time. Yeah. It was all loopy yeah. and clearly now, like, question, yeah. question for you. Does she in the book, does she kill herself? I don't believe so. Did you feel like her goodbye to, to Patrick Bateman and the last time we see her was a goodbye, goodbye? You know, it, it's kind of interesting the way like it shot. <sighs> in the film it does kind of like there's a music undertone it definitely mm-hmm. seems like there's something more to it so to your point like there is going to be like a like a suicide or something like that which mm-hmm. man i don't remember now man i don't think that anything like that happens in the book michelangelo do you remember it all i thought it was such a long time ago that yeah. like i know i i want to reread um, it now it's been a while for myself too um i think that could be implied it could also be implied that maybe she like this, you know, this char- I, I I've known this character, the drugged up mm-hmm. rich person who thinks having kids will like bring mm-hmm. meaning to her life, and maybe you know, mm-hmm. for for some people, sometimes having children does mm-hmm. bring like it changes them, and they become they do become like this better person. Sometimes they don't. Um, so it's like I I would have that thought too. I I I feel like the movie is maybe telling me that. But mm-hmm. also maybe it's like something she does a lot for attention. Sure. Because, yeah. uh, you know, chicks, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, know? you know how they are, yeah. Fucking, they always want to do this, you know what I'm saying? You know they, what I'm saying? Talent, talentless hacks. Uh, I think, though, that's like, uh, I, I love that scene, though, about how. That's a joke, Mom. That's a joke, my sister. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to make sure that my, if my sister's all the women, you know it. All, all the, the women, women in, in your my life, life that listen yeah. to this podcast. My mom, my sister. All the women who definitely don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, that seems great because, like, one, it's it's how disjointed, like, you know, even their affair is. She's kind of hinting that she wants something more from him. And then, like, mm-hmm. when she's like, I want to talk, and he, his reply is just, you look beautiful. Yeah. And that's just, like, the push off so good. Her. You that's look such beautiful. such a great line. Like yeah. you're beautiful, beautiful. Like you're that's beautiful. enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so great. You're going to have the blah 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 orders for her, mm-hmm. totally yeah. oblivious of what she's going through. The peanut I, it was like a peanut butter base, like with duck soup. According yeah. to yeah. blah blah blah, it is a that was the New York Times. According to the New York Times, it's a sparkling yeah. pairing of yeah. <laughs> okay, pumpkin. 
And she's like, Patrick, stop calling me pumpkin. A magical like little. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very, yeah. I, I don't I don't feel for her like I do Christy, since we're just on that. But yeah, but I can see. Well, of I course. Think that, <laughs> I mean, Christy. Yeah. Christy yeah. prostitute slaughtered. You, you didn't have the same sentence? That is, that's, okay. So like, okay. No, something okay. that something okay okay let's get serious now okay 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 um that okay so we t- you know we often talk about the male gaze right oh, especially sure. in yeah. the horror films most of what we're doing so this is this is actually one of the few films we've we've done directed by a woman um and that's this the chainsaw scene right mm-hmm. where he chases her mm-hmm you know, uh, uh, Kara Seymour, beautiful woman, right? Yeah. She's mm-hmm. in this sexy, like, uh, uh, little negligee thing. Uh, negligee. Yeah. Is and, it Teddy? Um, what do you call it? Yeah. No, it's not sure. a Teddy. It's a just in, like a nightgown. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa. What's Mickey the definition, of a, what's the well, definition of a Teddy? Is, I have well, no I idea think, what a Teddy I, is. I, I, I understand, as I understand a Teddy to be, it's like with the with the with the uh, stockings that are connected with those little like connector pieces to the like uh, negligee part. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's a Teddy at all. I don't think that's right. I, I think thought a Teddy. Anyway, let's not get into the definition. Okay, talking about forays and teddies. I'm trying to make a like a a point about a choice that was made by a uh, very intentional, very intentional choice please, uh, made by Mary Heron um, uh, about uh, uh, Kara Seymour's uh, that that scene where she dies, and it's mm-hmm. just like you know. Often you'll see in films, especially in like canon films, where it's like it's like a rape scene or a murder scene with a woman and it's like this is a way for us to get tits in the movie and this is a way for us to like really like 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 sexualize this horrific act so it's like uncomfortable but like enticing because of those those things it's like i i don't like rape but you're shooting this in a way anyways um this I, scene, I, we understand. This, yeah, we understand. This, this, this scene with with her death, yeah. despite the fact that she's a beautiful woman in this negligee, she does not look se- nothing is sexy about it. It's really just awful and disturbing and horrific. It like yeah. they, they, she really captures like like she does this many times and in, in, uh, throughout all the sex scenes like how uncomfortable these situations would for be the for the women a, for and a woman for yeah the reality absolutely. of a woman's a woman's role in this part you know I was yeah. actually going to say like you know like that actually goes to both sex scenes you know what mm-hmm. I mean like the all, sex all the scenes scenes are not the sex scenes are all so uncomfortable uncomfortable and, and, yeah. like disconcerting and horrific like the like like do you think like so the first scene he has with her with Kara and and the mm-hmm. other prostitute the, right the first three mm-hmm. where he's just like you know this is a movie where no one listens to one another and like it's like is this what a lot of women's first dates are like where it's just like this guy who's giving orders and saying mm-hmm. the right things, but not actually listening and yeah. telling me what to do. And like, you, I, you, I mean, you, if you're with assholes, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I like agree. a segment. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, not, not, not with us. First dates with us is, are amazing. Well, I first, will. I, no, no, first dates with us are the reverse. I like when I dated Molly, I was like, just tell me what to do. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I was like, I'll do whatever. <laughs> so, I'm Molly like, chainsawed you. 
So I'm Molly Chainsaw me a well, couple times, uh, you know. Well, I was actually going to Code hangers are involved. Oh, yeah, that's I'm sorry. Rough. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I no, no. That, that's a but, rough, like, and even to yeah, that yeah. line that he has when he picks up Christy for the second time. Yeah. About how, oh, how, like, it's so, I, I might have to get surgery. Uh, and it's like, oh, man, it's so much worse than if they had showed something. Well, you and, know what and, I mean? And, and, and the way they leave the house, it's just in just complete uh-huh. disgust uh-huh. and, like, give us our fucking money and let the us first, the fuck out of your house. The other I mean, woman, I mean, I, I and his and look like she's crying. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just, he's transactional. Well, and not just that, but the nerve and, well, not that the the entitlement to show up to that woman that you've abused and possibly like damaged her you know you know yeah and then you show up with the nerve to be like well, we're gonna do it again we're gonna get together it won't be like the last time it's fine i gotta check i can pay for it it's that's like, like there's just oh yeah uh, it's so great though about the power uh, though right like i mean like that's yeah. such a powerful scene like the way he like he whistles with the money clip hanging out mm-hmm. the window like you know like you can't pass this up because I'm power and I'm money and you're nothing. You know what I mean? And it is like when you're in that position to fuck, I got a fucking, how many times have you in your life? Have you been in a position where like, I fucking not, not obviously it's an extreme (laughs) example, (laughs) right? It's an extreme example, but like, ah, fuck, I really don't want to work with this person. They fucking suck. They're an asshole, but like I fucking need the money. You know what I mean? And Uh, then for it to uh, be that extreme, right? Where yep. it's like you're a sex worker and you've been abused by this client mm-hmm. before. Like, oh my God, it's mm-hmm. so awful. Yeah. Awful. How 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 Bateman is idolized is uh um a f- it just like blows my mind all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um to kind of go to that, you know, there's actually I read a Mary Heron quote, and I don't know if you read it too, uh guys, but about how like so, you know, originally this was rated uh, NC-17 mm-hmm. and she had to edit really like 40 seconds out to get an R, mm-hmm. like barely anything. And it wasn't anything really of the violence that had to come out of the film. It was from the sex scenes. It was about the, the sex ass, scenes, yeah. right? And the sex yeah. scenes, and they had saying asshole instead of ass and a little bit yeah. out of the sex scene. And she was saying about how... This film is not really that violent in comparison to the films of the time and even what's mm-hmm. to come up oh, in the sure. future. Very much so. And and it's not even that sexually explicit. The right. thing is, is that in all the sexual scenes, the women are uninterested and slightly scared. And mm-hmm. because of that it fact, made, because of that yep. fear, even like that perception of it is what like made people think that it was much more grisly mm-hmm. and hard, which is so interesting that it's like, that's such a small thing, you know what I mean, to get mm-hmm. such an extreme titling or labeling from a ratings board. Well, yet it was it's, enough. It's it's also interesting that like you know you know uh, sex you know like if you're a sex worker, I mean obviously if that's how you make your money and that's and you're good with it, then I 100% support that. But the way they make you it so transa- too much, too much. I mean, hey, 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 too much. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, reminds Sorry. me you're behind, you're you're behind on your invoices. Uh, Chris, I will get you back. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. I, I, There's a couple IOUs. Come on, man. I'm letting you hang out in the store. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but but um uh, the the way that and I'm really just beating a drum here, but the way that they make it feel so transactional mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. what my experience prior to this film of what prostitution in movies is, I always felt like. You're paying her, but you're both having a good time, right? More, it's more like, pretty woman. 
Yeah, more pre Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. I, right? I recently, yeah. I recently watched <laughs> with Ali's parents, crazy, yeah, my partner's crazy, crazy. parents, Pretty Woman, and I'm like, we're watching it as like, and I'm like, this is fucking nuts that I'm watching this oh, with insane. my partner's parents. This is nuts. This is <laughs> this fucking is crazy. Film. It yeah, makes more yeah. sense that we watch American Psycho than fucking Pretty Woman, <laughs> right? You know, right? Yeah. Hey, 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 to go back what you're saying, Michelangelo, about Patrick Bayman being. Um, idolized i, I want to make it very clear to the listeners that you love I him and you're just like him that i'm trying my <laughs> hardest to get to where you know um i think that he's a trojan horse and i do think there are a lot of people that that memify him and do that but i do also think that if that leads you to the source material right it's like mm-hmm. a trojan horse it leads you to source material it's going to make men I think it's going to. I think it will have it. So it will work. I do. I do. I, I, I hope it you're worked right. on. It worked on me. You know. I. I, I, I love. You every... are an intelligent, sensitive artist. I yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, what you about, lived. It, you it lived worked on me. World. What about me? Well, what about okay. Chris? Okay. Yeah, Chris is, I'm not any of those things. <laughs> Chris is a fucking robot, so he just processed it. Um, uh, he ran uh, no, the data no, points. Um, <laughs> To 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 my point, um, uh, you're both uh, um, uh, sensitive, uh, artistic um, men. More compliments. Who more. who who, yep. uh-huh. who? Yes, continue. Uh, are, you know, you're well read, and yep. um, I am. Uh, you're both handsome. very handsome. Yep. Handsome. Yeah. Chris has great calf muscles. Crazy oh. calf muscles. Patrick Bateman yeah. would would would, envy would want your those calf calves. Muscles. Yeah, um, he would kill you, Chris. That would be the minutia. <laughs> that would yeah. be the minute. Like like I love uh, uh, Mary Heron. Uh, it says these men are so obsessed with the minutia status that they are basically having breakdowns over such tiny things. It's true. Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. to 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 bring up. I gotta bring up it's so the true. business card scene. I love the it. It's my, one of my favorite scenes, scenes in the oh, whole yeah. thing. The sound yeah. work in that, like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. And, like, every card looks the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. At- the uh the the samurai sword noise on mm-hmm. the, uh, or the when the the business cards come out it's great yeah supposedly Christian Bale was like able to like sweat on command sweat um, on did command you guys read that? yeah yeah amazing. yeah he's got the nickname Robo actor like he would sweat uh-huh. on like at the same moment every time yeah his, his monologues it it even has a watermark. I was like, oh, yeah, God. it even has the a watermark. watermark. Just makes yeah. him like break down. Oh I know God. it just like it just crushes his soul. And, his, and his, I'm, I, it's his so. A, the, the, go ahead, go ahead. Turn into gremlins in those in those scenes. Like he goes from like 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 such an attractive man to like this like he looks like the veins are throbbing in his face yeah. and like he's sweating and he's just like oh god they're so uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Also, too, I love um, in that scene whenever then uh, Christian Bale says, "Let's see Paul Allen's card." That uh, oh. Bill Sage plays yeah. David Van Patten. He puts mm-hmm. his card away, and it's like the look on his face is like it's like someone said, like "Hey, baby penis" or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it looks so emasculated and mm-hmm. so like pathetic because he knows that this card's gonna come out that's way better than his. It's so great. Yeah, and it's been parodied now, I guess, in a whole bunch of like I've seen some stuff. Like I was just reading about like was it a New Zealand 
I, I, another country's like had jeans company did a parody of it for oh, a commercial and stuff like well, that. Well, there, you know, I you know I, I work with a lot of cinematographers and uh, directors of photography, and they redo this scene all the time with like cameras. It's like, oh, you want to really? see my camera? It's like Ari Alexa, you know, this particular version. He's like, oh, well, I actually have the Ari Alexa Scarlet Three, blah blah blah. And the other person's like, see, I actually went out and got the Ari Alexa, blah blah. So it's like a big thing, like wherever. In every industry, and it's the same in the military. Like the military is the exact same. It's like when you show up at a, say, a shooting range, and people mm-hmm. start pulling out their gear. Sure. It's like yeah. It's 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 like, it's like oh what what's that right there? Oh these oh these are just noise canceling um headphones that will you know at a certain level you're like oh wow that's a nice brand oh I've got these these are you know standard issue you know so it's it's just it's something that resonates so heavily in so many pockets yeah. Who has the new best tech? Who's gonna win the win the showdown? And, and it, it's yep. all subtle things. We're all wearing the same because you have to fit a certain issue. You know, it has to mm-hmm. be approved by the military for you to have it. Mm. So it's minor. It's like the minutia, like you said. It's minor changes on something, but it's like, oh wow, that guy has that. Well, you immediately are like, well, I have to, I have to do better. I have to do something <laughs> a little slightly better. And it's all the same junk. What do you? The uh, fuck you. Go ahead. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. You like listener, if you could have seen Easy. what Mickey just did, disgust the worse than anything I read in the book, what he just did. He just right? uh he patted you on the back and he said, Hey, you're you're doing a good job. What was that bother you? You thought that was disgusting? Chris, I thought it was disgusting, yes. <laughs> Is it cause another man touched you? <laughs> Yes. Let's talk about the homophobia. Can you, you, you stop? Don't put on your uh, strangling gloves. Put those down. It's okay. Mickey didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll wash them. I'll wash my strangling I gloves. That on my, I, love I love that detail. I love that. Right? He's washing his gloving. <laughs> that he's like this, he doesn't know what to for do. Eight, the eighties too. You know what I mean? That like you know there's. I think that's one of those moments. It's like great. Like it's hitting on the whole like weird anti you know i can get aids from everything kind of thing in the you, oh you can get dyslexia you can get dyslexia yeah, i get dyslexia from, from, yeah. from yeah so i love the fact that he's washing his leather gloved hands so it's 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 interesting who bateman kills and who he doesn't kill right because uh uh mary heron sees it as like he's a pinball mm-hmm. right in a machine so if he kills or if he doesn't kill, it's just all happenstance, right? But in combination with the fact that he only he'll only kill someone who he sees as vulnerable or beneath him. But hmm. his fever hmm. that he gets into murder someone is random. Do so it's like oh, you- I'm going to help the homeless man. But then he touches me, and he smells, and that sense, oh, no. that's that's the pinball that shoots off to another area. Like, no, well, I disagree. I don't. I I also slightly disagree. Well, this this if that is were the case. I, I, I I'm echoing. I'm echoing the director right now. That Bateman I, is a pinball who's shooting all over the place. This is this is her. I understand. This is her. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, but but I'm saying when you said people, so he you're sees saying him. you hate women. Right now, that's what no, no. you're saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that <laughs> I'm sorry. I think sorry. that he sees. I think he sees Gene beneath him. I, I actually think it's. I think it's. I took it as something slightly different on why he chooses and when he chooses. And and yes, you're, I do agree with the pinball machine. He, he's very random with his axe, but 
I think if we're going on the corporate greed Reaganism of it, he he sees homelessness as a mm-hmm. as a scourge, right? So that's like you know. So it's like he wants. So it's it's in the same way in his monologue about wanting to help the world, you know. And he goes there. And he's like, "But why don't you have a job? You know, mm-hmm. why can't you get a job?" I think he's disgusted by him. And then I think that's I think the that, pinball, you know, though. See, I don't think he was ever pinball. trying. He was never going to like help him though. That's my reading. I on the think scene. I, he's, yeah, he's I, being I think so either. He's like he's a cat playing with a mouse that he's going to murder. Yeah, you but know? like you can't get into the mind of a cat. Is the cat really like maybe thinking maybe I will do this? Maybe I, maybe I, maybe I will. I have they know so much money. Predator prey I've... instinct is pretty well known. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. I know. also just, just, yeah. just speaking to the movie. If we, if we take what he's saying to the lawyer in the phone call as some truth, then he has killed we'll multiple homeless people. I know, I know, I know. I know. It's, it's. We I get love to that. that it's that's, debatable. That's a big yeah. thing of discussion at the end. But yes, sure. But, but if we take that, then he has killed multiple homeless people. It feels like this is a thing for him. You know, so I, I always like, took it I, as I, as the embodiment of Reaganomics or, or Ronald Reagan. Like, uh, obviously, he's going to kill homeless people. Obviously, he's going to think of, you know, prostitutes as dispendable. He's going to kill Paul Allen out of pure corporate greed and lust. Like, I want to be, you well, know, this person and, stands in my way. Go yeah, ahead. it's like it's stature, too. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. Paul Allen can get to Dorcia, the table at Dorcia. Mm-hmm. He got the, the he has the Fisher account or whatever. Yeah, he's he has got the, the Fisher business yeah. card. Yeah, the yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. So he's got to go. Better it's haircut. Like, you know, he, he's got better apartment. Better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I mean, but the, the, he has I to think murder. the more interesting, I think this leads me to a more interesting question: is why doesn't he murder Gene? Oh, well, I that's, think that's. Do you guys have an opinion? Pinball. It's well, I just my my opinion comes and it's it like is solidified by the director of like the pinball <laughs> thing of uh, of yeah, of no, like yeah. he gets he 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 he's he's thinking about it, he's going to do it, but then he gets the call and he kind of loses his boner kind of. <laughs> On it. And boner. he's just kind of like, and then, and then, like, I mean, see, this is why she's really bromance the, the bone. The, the only bromance the bone. It's it's really the only hashtag moment. <laughs> hashtag feminist. bromance the bone. Um, bromance the bone. Uh, it's really the only moment in the film where I feel like there's any like remorse or humanity. sympathy you can possibly feel humanity mm-hmm. that you could possibly well, feel for Bateman but I think it's coming from having his balloon deflated from uh, 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 Evelyn's voicemail on or not voicemail what do you, what do you call it? the me- message on machine. the answer yeah. machine, the answer machine. Um, I think he, it's just like the, the balloon that was filling just got released and he just kind of like and then there's just a moment where he's just like that you could interpret it as mm-hmm. as humanity of like I don't think I could control myself if you stayed. But yeah. I really well, I, think it's coming from a place of like that balloon being deflated from the you, from from the voice message. That's just my my I, my thought on it. I, I I agree with you that Evelyn's phone call it deflates his balloon as you say, but I thought and this is me doing my own work and this is also me probably sharing some of my own personal <laughs> like it's this is me like mentally what i think in the moment is that 
I mean, I think Patrick Bateman's a little self-loathing. I think he recognizes the, oh, the, yeah. these, oh, yeah, these he's yuppies. Completely self-loathing. Yeah. He hates yeah. himself. So, he oh, yeah. hates so, but he also, himself. He also hates. He also hates. I think his whole society. He, I think he, he hates. Humanity. He hates all everything. The yeah. He's a part. He of. hates yeah. everything. Which hold on, but hold on. This is where I'm going. Hold on. No, I got yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> he hates everything. <laughs> no. So I didn't say no. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I'm just yelling. <laughs> but but <laughs> Evelyn. Is such a yuppie. Evelyn! She's a fucking, <laughs> she is such a yuppie that when he gets that call, he's reminded that that maybe Jean is not in that pool, right? And I think he lets her go for that reason. I think. Uh, I think he's like, fuck, okay, you're not yeah, one. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's a valid that's yeah. a valid point of view. Yeah. Um, for a child. So I think for an imbecile. <laughs> for, for an idiot. Well, for a you scumbag. Idiot. No, no, I'm, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, I'm sorry. The director did not solidify all my thoughts. <laughs> well, I'd like to know. I'd really like to read the quote in context because I would really kind of wonder, like, when she says the thing about it being a pinball, is she speaking to, in effect, the third act of the film in which you know, no. Patrick Bateman has she's... has become a well in the film and in the book. The third act, he's gone into a full psychotic breakdown, yeah. and he's a whirling yeah. dervish of occasional murder and occasional not. He on the oh, whirling scene, dervish. He <laughs> he murders <laughs> the security guard and the janitor of the whenever he goes into the wrong building. I but love then when he goes it the when, right and building, he, goes he does it, <laughs> and he it's random when you pen. think about it. It's, it's hilarious. so great, and it's a and great, so it's really fun. Right? And that scene starts with one of the funniest images I've ever seen. And this is coming off of watching him stomp a dog to death, which was very disturbing, which is mm-hmm. him picking up a kitten. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, kitten. no. Oh, no. But then, like, <laughs> his confusion as to what the kitten is and his love for the ATM and him trying to mm-hmm. jam the kitten into the, kitten the machine <laughs> with the fucking <laughs> handgun. It's just the ATM so goddamn it. funny. It's just so goddamn. The old lady. And that and that scene yeah. starts with that scene starts with something that is so like like telling of society, which is like he's walking he's walking and then this old couple's walking up those stairs and he can't even he's going to put his his hand on the railing and he can't touch the railing now because there's old mm-hmm. people right mm-hmm. we don't like old mm-hmm. people in society we don't like the unattractive we don't like those things and, and Patrick mm-hmm. Bateman is like I don't even recognize old people because they don't exist in my world because there's only there's only the the, the ideal right yeah the young the um, beautiful like, the, like, the best of the best yeah yeah, but like him, they picked the perfect cat to try to shoot into an ATM. And the it's, perfect I can, cat. I can, I, can, I can laugh about it because he shoots a person instead of no. a cat. I can, I can laugh about it because he shoots a person, quote unquote, Michelangelo. There's a byline. An old, nice woman, an old, nice woman walking down the street. Oh, oh she was a bitch. That woman was a bitch. She was trying Not to the stop face, that you bitch. cat eating ATM from getting fed. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Just fucking. Boom. Oh god, that whole sequence is fucking hilarious. Fantastic. Oh my god, it's amazing. Has there ever been a film that had an actor doing better scowls than Christian Bale in this film? Hmm. His scowl game is on point. Yeah. 
It's on point. The Christmas party. He looks like the fucking Grinch. He, yeah. I mean, like that's yeah. the line, but he literally does look like the Grinch. And the book, Chris. Do you remember that? Do you remember that scene in the book? Who who's catering the party? What's the thing oh, they couldn't do? In the, they felt they felt like they couldn't do this in the film. It's too far. Uh, mm-hmm. Little party? people. I don't remember this. little little people were catering oh, the party. Oh, that's right. And they yeah. they yeah. Felt, they felt that was too much, so they went with uh, a Filipino people. In uh, in the film, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. That's interesting. I remember that. I think it, in the, at the Christmas party, he like shoves Evelyn's cat in the like deep freezer or whatever. It doesn't matter. I know. I don't remember that. I I do remember he eats like he's he's like having a, a fucking breakdown and he's like crying, eating an octopus that he microwaved when they like he takes a vacation with Evelyn. Yes, like and to like, uh, yeah. like uh, yeah. uh, the Hamptons or something. Yeah, and she keeps like every day she takes a helicopter back into the city to get a facial, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> he's just eating sand and squids, and love, trying to I feel love, alive. <laughs> I mean, they do. It's it's interesting, right? Because like the film is is such a it's a to me it's a perfect distillation of the book the book can't go the book is going places that the film cannot go and it's giving you all the beats and all of the notes without having to go as far uh so in that i think that this is such a good uh and then even i mean so much of the the verbiage that's used the quotes are direct from the book so i it's it's a fantastic what Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner did with it is, I think, fantastic, and that they did a perfect uh, summation of, and then even also then too took it to some different places because of being obviously, uh, <laughs> I think, having some uh, some more progressive viewpoints than Brett Easton Ellis. Now, uh, so. Brett Easton Ellis, yeah. have you heard his? Have you heard him talk about how uh, really only a man should direct? <laughs> Have you heard that yeah. quote? Or, yeah. No, I've yeah. not heard that. Yeah. Brady Snell says kind of some a, really stupid shit, yeah. <laughs> just in general. He, you know, he thinks only a man can direct this film because they would understand what it actually means, <laughs> or something like that. I don't have the exact quote on me, but he was kind of he was kind of like that putting down been, women that directors. Must been, that must have been pre this because no, no this is after this film came out. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he yeah. said. I mean, he he sometimes says some really positive things about the film, and sometimes he says some really like backhanded comments and some very sexist things about it. But Brett Easton Ellis is someone who like I'm a big fan. I love his writing as a person. I don't know if he is just a massive prick or if he's distinctly trying to be like a provocateur. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. say something that's gonna be like really like you know get you because that's who I am that type of thing. It's like mm-hmm. okay, great. I think it's. But, a I mean, bit he of loves both. He right? loves throwing out things like, I'm so you know like oh woke America just loves the fact that like you know the a couple of feminists uh, did you know made this film from me this man like he says shit like that yeah and, like it's just annoying. <laughs> but anyway. I mean, I'll, I'll have to find say, the quote. I'll, I'll put his, it. I'll put it online somewhere. But he Actually, also said in his Charlie Rose interview with Heron and Bale uh, that, like, he would love to play the part of like the bratty artist and be like, they ruined another one of my books. But like, at the time, he said he couldn't. He, he at the time when this came out and he was making the circuits, he was saying that he thought this was fantastic. He thought this was great. 
yeah, he he said some very positive things, and then he says some things that are like actually, I, I there's an article that was written about a year ago, Far Out Magazine, that was an interview with him, and he kind of talks about like, um, and this just also speaks to a bit of his ego, right? Like, uh, the crucial problem for Alice is that American Psycho was written as a novel, and therefore its themes can only be properly explored as a novel. Quote, how do you adapt the Iliad? He continued. How do you have the experience be the same as experience that was conceived as a book? You're getting a watered down secondhand version of it. In a way, if you've written a novel, you've written a novel because it is a novel. And it's like, there is a point in that, but at the same time too, to then compare American Psycho to the Iliad. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's like, a little self, yeah. self, yeah. Come on. The quote is, this film, this film God. requires the, this film requires the male gaze. Female directors need to, Need not apply. <clears throat> In, uh, this, uh, I like. Let's Which, let's, but, let's <laughs> leave this. Let's leave this. Why? We're talking about Why? the film and how great it is. We I are. Don't know. But it you're talking a lot like about the writer. Well, I think it's interesting though, right? You, you, like you I mean, it's part of the story of it. I do. Because I think that you know, I mean, like uh, the story of how American Psycho came to be in the film is, mm-hmm. I think, a bit entwined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 Because then I think that there's that yeah. kind of point, right? Like, I mean, that, really, that point, that quote from Brady Sinellis there, which, again, I think... <sighs> I think everything he says, you kind of have to take with a bit of a grain of salt. Sure. I mean, sometimes he's he trying to be, shit to say he's trying shit. to push the envelope. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's trying to. But yeah. like uh, to that point, right? Like a character like Patrick Bateman, if you read the book, and I think if you watch the movie, he comes. He's this everything that's wrong with toxic masculinity, and you know, manhood gone awry. Let's say. But at the same time, too, there is a group out there that can easily idolize the character of Patrick Bateman, as we were saying before. So it kind of then, you know, it begs the the question, which I don't think I, you know, wouldn't think that there is anything, but at what point is the responsibility of an artist on their creation to the general public? Well, I also begs the question of, and something I I, I think a lot about, which I, I think I believe I think I believe what I'm about to say. <laughs> to say I think, yeah. Um, I think I, I believe, believe this. No, I, what I'm about I think to I say. Believe no. What I'm about to say. I um. Once you've created something, and you give it to an audience, an audience becomes a part of what that thing will become. And I'm going back on a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Um. To ignore the audience's. Yeah, I just, I just, I just think that that you can't, as an artist, sit there and say, "Well, this was my thing," and if people took it this way, that's wrong. No, people take it that way because it's written, whether it's subtext, whether it was subconscious, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like these things are. This is how, this is how societies move forward, right? You write a piece of art that gets debated, gets talked about, gets gets you know, gets people riled up. It's, it's interesting. It's fascinating. It's worth con- conversing about twenty some odd years later, because. That's that's what art is, right? It's like art can't just be the, you know, it, I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying even with like, you know, Mary Heron and saying like, you know, I, yes, she did her thing too. Christian Bale did his thing. How we interpret it is part of that story as well, right? It's like that has to be because if, if it's not, then we can't make the argument that Nightmare on Elm Street has any validity, uh, part two has any validity, but the audience found and saw something in it, pulled something out of it. 
and it became a conversation, a topic because of it, you know, or, you know, it was imbued by, uh, you know, the, that, you know, the actor who played Jesse, it was imbued with, with a certain, uh, sensitivity and, and self that he, as he brought to that character, it's become a thing that, you know, 30, 40 years later, we're talking about in a whole new light. I think the same goes with this. It's worth talking about the toxic masculinity and the potential that it wasn't written to be this like feminist like thing that it actually talks about like this is you there are two you know every sword has two blades, right? Patrick Bateman's an awful evil psycho human. He appeals to a lot of people. This is something that maybe we should all pay attention to and talk about. I'm saying I'm saying the audience has has their audience's reaction to a piece of art is part of the art. It's not like, you know, I just yeah. think it's true. Yeah, no, it does, I agree. It, do, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, mean, that, I that, think that's that, how like, art works. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think that like it's it's an interesting like topic and conversation to bring up, and I think and to converse about personally. Like I'm of the camp that there is no such thing as like the retroactive effect of something being created, even if it has say a negative consequence, if that's not the creator's intent, then that just kind of is what it is. Like you cannot control other people's reaction to it. I mean, if you're trying to write in subtext, you're trying to direct people towards something, that's one thing. But if your right. point is not to do that, then it's bystander effect. I don't think that's a connotation that you, that can be weared upon the creator. I think that like, you know, it's one of those things, right? Like if someone takes something the wrong way, then you could say like, you know, you could put a little bit on it back onto whoever was the creator of it. But I don't think that that's fair. You know what I mean? Because I think that that just sometimes, especially anymore, sometimes things are misrepresented. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. as we're seeing the growing uh elements of editing and faking mm -hmm. things to try to like you know present sure. something that's not as a whole and I, I guess that where i'm where i'm going with that is that i'm not saying that brett easton ellis wants to create a douchebag society i'm not saying that at all i'm saying that he's bringing up something that's really a part of our culture that's that's worth talking about and and it still is he he wrote that what was it he pay, he said he based patrick bateman on what his father initially and then he said later on so it was kind of him as well it was yeah. his most autobiographical work at that time and it's yeah um originally he was claiming that it was written towards his father but yeah mm -hmm. later on he's taken that back and said that's more written yeah from himself what was the quote that you had but just a, a critique on male behavior specifically <laughs> his experience of it which is like yeah. a very privileged white guy in well, manhattan with way too much money and see and it's interesting right so okay like it's a critique on privileged men having these very racist misogynist uh sexist kind of viewpoints right like really and it's mm -hmm. incredibly well done i love it yeah then you get interviews with him and then he tries to say that like you know i at times he sounds a bit like he could be having the six to seven o'clock show on Fox news in some interviews and some things that you read. Cause <laughs> yeah, he's talking about like how, yeah. like, you know, cancel culture wants to say that blah, 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 and, you mm -hmm. know, all this stuff. And it's like, 
it's so funny to me. And I, he's not of this viewpoint, I think. I think right. that he likes to wade into the pool and to say this stuff. And yeah. it's funny because to me, that comes from the fact that he has lived a life of privilege. Uh, for those of you that maybe don't know, Brady Stanellis, you know, he wrote his first novel while he was, at, uh, I can't remember what college that he went to, university he went to. But the point being was that, I mean, like, you know, he never, and not to take away from, I'm sure what work he's done in his life, but he never had to, he never lived a blue collar life. He never, you know, yeah. had to like work a nine to five or anything. You know, he's been living yeah. in Manhattan for very <laughs> Ivy league. I'm sure background. Uh-huh. I don't know enough about his background, but, but yeah, even the Harvard he's Yale on the jokes, inside you know. of that Bateman world for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's coming from the, someone who's lived, made, not that life, but you know, a pretty dang close to it. Well, you write what you know, and that's what he's that's what he's doing. With with uh, all of all of his stuff is about privileged, privileged white people with uh, drug problems, and they have everything mm-hmm. available to them, but they just can't. They just can't. Like life is tough, even if you're privileged. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's a fair point. It's Your life true. Is fucking hard. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it is you can, true. You can it's have just, everything, it's... but with without yeah. without like an inner self, without like like <laughs> without a personality, without humanity, like you're just a husk of something pretending, f- going through life, yeah. and like that's that's Bateman's ult- ultimate punishment, right? Is that like he's he's stuck in this personal hell he's built. He cannot get caught. He cannot. Well, let's get to that. Let's get to what do you think? Like, like we'll of course bring up Mary Heron's idea, her interpretation of like how she sees it goes. But like, what do you, when you watched it, and as you've watched it, what what is what does Bateman's story mean? What happens? Like, what is what's going on there? Like you mean like relevant to like. Like what's real and what's not? Is that kind of what you're? What's implying? what's real? Like, like, what's real? What's not? What's the point of it all? Like what? What are you left with? Like well, those like, are two. Because, I I feel like those are two different questions. Like I because I, I do have a feeling of like what the metaphor says to me or how I see the metaphor of the film, and then mm-hmm. what I think. You know whether or not I think that the the towards the end is he really like blowing up cars with a bullet? Is he really? <laughs> You know, when you shoot the truck, it doesn't. (laughs) When he talks to Carnes, is he, you know, is Paul Allen still alive? If Carnes said he ate twice with him, and you know, I think there's, yeah. So, yeah, that's what that's what I want to know. Yeah, so I can answer one, but I can't tell me what to think in one answer. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, well, not one answer, two answers. It's a two part question. Okay, do you do you want me to go? Oh, like, Chris, no, Chris you, wants to you, go. Chris, Chris wants well, to go. Chris wants to go. I can tell you because because my perception on it, like, okay, the output has always remained the same to me, which is that like this is a tale of, you know, obviously what we've been talking about, toxic masculinity and those sorts of things reaching to a head of psychosis. You know what I mean? On a higher level, it is a uh, review of classism. Can we as for well. the listener? Can we can we break down the difference between like? Um, psychosis or or, or 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 a psychotic episode in a psychopath. I don't feel like I'm 
of a degree level worthy of breaking that down. Do you feel like you okay. are? I, I obviously wrote it down because I flipped through my pages, but just, and just does this come like... from, the, does this come from DSM nine? <laughs> this comes from, um, my cat, Columbo. There she told go. me about this. Columbo. Uh-huh. Columbo is really smart though. So I accept it. Yeah. So psychotic, right? is when someone's mind is losing its grip on reality. So you can have a psychotic mm-hmm. episode. Episode, right? yeah. That can be brought, brought on by any number of things, right? But a psychopath, right, is like a personality trait. It's when someone who isn't able to feel for others and may act in a reckless or antisocial behavior. Right, so it's, it's uh, there is a major difference between a psychotic episode or psychosis and a psychopath. But that right? doesn't really so, matter to this, though, because Patrick Bateman has both of those. Well, because uh, he snaps from reality, I'm, and at the same time, too, he is a psychopath. He's a psychopath, yeah. I th- I think it matters in its definition and understanding the differences between those two things and understanding like what Bale is saying about the arc of his character and 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 uh, uh, um I do hear you. It's like well he starts out as a psychopath, but mm-hmm. then he and he has a psychotic break. breaks from according to him he breaks from reality, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But then what well, is that's the reality in, sure. of a psychopath? That's in everything. But, but, but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so I just I mean, I like, wanted to clear. I just, I just wanted yeah. to clarify those those two things. But I think that's, that's pretty. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like kind of like that's not even on like that's not subtext. Yeah. That's like that is the text. He, that is like how the movie. I mean, he goes. is a yeah. psychopath, and there's not yeah. really an ATM that says "feed me a cat." Like, <laughs> I would love clearly. Can we? Wait! 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 Wait, 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 what? What? Oh boy. It says oh it boy. says it says feed me a dog. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Yeah, right. Because dogs <laughs> feed, feed me a parakeet. I, I, feed me a parakeet. I, I will say I think people who are like dogs are awesome and cats suck. Anyone it's it's interesting. I feel like cat people are like animals are awesome and dog people are like dogs are awesome and cats suck. Anyways. Yeah. Chris, your point. Well, it's kind of like... uh, when it... yeah. You're, you're, so you're, well, you're saying dog people like identify and empathize with Patrick Bateman too dog much. Dog people are Patrick Bateman's, and cat people are, um, you know, uh, the, Paul the, Allen's. The, uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> is God this your new it. novel? Is this your new novel that you're writing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it is funny too, right? Like, uh, just real quick, dog people always kind of like it seems like they're more like you know, I don't know gruffer types or whatever but then I feel yeah. like dogs are like oh yeah no this is a fourth generation purebred from this uh-huh. blah 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 yeah, yeah, meanwhile yeah, yeah, cats yeah. like I found it from behind the dumpster you know yeah I bred I bred I'm a Malinois with a poodle so it's a poo mm-hmm. it's a poo it's a Malin poo and uh, so yeah yeah and, right and like, it's, a new thing. it's like I got a cat and it's like fucking ear just leaks earwax for some I don't know what's going on with that thing. It's like doesn't have mites. It just like it's just like a I guess I got it from one of its dads because that's right. Mom like like yeah. when a, You're when not a mom stuff has a, mom. a litter, she she's got multiple dads in the litter. Did you know that? What? I didn't know that. What? Like so so a female a female cat can take sperm from multiple from like when she's in heat she usually ends up 
like, you know, being attacked by men, by sure. male cats. Yeah. And like she uses multi so a litter will have multiple sperm assuming there were multiple partners. Oh wow. Uh, really? Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't know so that. it's like I had no so idea. I, my my two cats um uh are are like so different that it's like to me very obvious that like they have traits from different combinations of of genetics hmm. from like the different things cuz their parents were street cats. They've only known the indoor life because they were born indoors in a foster home and then adopted by us very young. Uh, but um, this is totally ties into the film. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> is this the podcast now? <laughs> the podcast is the, my cats. I could talk about my cats for I know 75 you can. episodes. Easy. Yeah, he can, he can so easily text you 20 pictures a day. <laughs> the, the big takeaway here is that the Aristocats is a lie. That's what. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Great what was film. your point before I knocked what, it so I was going to say, what the track. hell did we oh start my with? God. Oh my God. Something about, wait, okay. Was it takeaway from what's real and what's not at the ending? And yes. what was the other yeah, part? Yeah. You were talking about like psychosis, yeah. psychopath. Oh, like major takeaways? Oh is that what it was? Yeah. No, it, it, well, it, it was like, what, 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 his, what, yeah. What, like, yeah, what, what, what is the ending? What what do you, what's Bateman's storyline? What's his arc for you? What do you yeah. see happens at the end of this, and what does it mean to you? Sure, it's a two part. So, it's a two part question. It's a two part <laughs> with three questions. It's a real two and three. What do you think about my cats? Also, <laughs> God, that's a four. No, so okay. what I would say though is like it's a story of like you know it follows this person's that's psychotic that clearly has psychotic breaks uh story arc and then within that though it's telling a tale of toxic masculinity you know someone that is a diatribe of like hate pretty much and it's it comes from you know i think this like ball of like uh obviously without getting back into the author and all that but it's a character type of hate and of synthesized down and it's telling a tale too about classism as well so that's what i would say my bigger takeaways of that it's a satire of all of this of course now when it comes to the whole ending and what happened i feel like that has been a bit of a journey for myself because in the beginning i did not think like my takeaway was that patrick bateman had not you know this was all fantasies of a bored person a vice president at a wall street company who does no work and all he does is sit around and is worried about his image and being seen and thus has these fantasies of the most grotesque violence and hatred that you can possibly imagine and that that's what we're experiencing then i kind of flipped and kind of said that no like some of this is real obviously some of it's so over the top that's clearly mm -hmm. part of that like you know mm -hmm. untrustworthy narrator these Narrative, things are not yeah. really happening that type of thing now i've come to the point that i don't think it matters yeah. whether it happened or it didn't happen it does not matter the story is what the story is and that mm -hmm. is kind of the the part that goes on the the you know is this Within this world, is he actually a murderer? Is he just a, you know, incel type that is lashing out in his journals of drawing little 
fantasies of dismembered women. Uh, you know, I don't think that really matters. You know what I mean? Like, I think the biggest thing is that that is what the image of this person is. And that's what continues. Take it away. <laughs> Mick. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd go like it's, 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 it's like a more a modern morality play. And like, and I'll say this about the film, not about the book. Cause man, I can't speak to the book. I haven't read it. I'd feel like it would be pretty shitty of me to like sit here and like make a statement about a book, right. That I've not read. <laughs> but uh, for the movie, for me, what I take away is that it's a giant, it's a giant metaphor. Yes, he is a serial killer. Yes, he has killed. Yes, he's having a psychotic break. Yes, it's untrustworthy what he's saying. It's also, did he kill all those people? Did he not? Did the cop car explode uh, just in his mind? It, yeah, I'm kind of like with Chris, like, does it even matter? Because the, the metaphor is this person's journey to the point where he is now admitting to all of his foibles, all the bad things he's done. And I think it's a journey, unfortunately, that most men should take themselves where you self-reflect at some point in your life about your own misogyny, your own toxicity, and you hopefully come out of it saying like, yeah, I did some pretty shitty shit. And you find out that you can move on from it and not feel like you just have to be quiet about it and shut up and still fit in in your uniformed, you know, society that says be this way or do this thing. And I think that's what it's always spoken to me as. It's like in the way that Patrick Bateman's like, the truth doesn't even matter because I'm stuck here is a very bleak look. I take the look when I watch this film of like, no, it does matter. And we reach these periods where we have to like move out of this. And, you know, society will allow me to continue to be like I, I, just in the military. Let's take that for instance. Society will allow me in the military to continue to be misogynistic, it will allow me to be, um, you know, cruel and punishing to like people un to, that are beneath me. It'll allow me to to do things that I don't think are morally right. But I have to make the efforts to be like, no, just because I'm allowed to be this person and be this thing and do this. I, you know, I, I just, uh, I can make that choice and not accept it. So there's a lot of that in this film that I take away. And uh, whether it was meant to be, or it's just like things that I pick up on when I watch it, it just speaks a lot to me. And it's those male relationships. It's just growing up in a place where, yeah, you know what? A Patrick Bateman can get away with fucking killing people. You know why? Because he's he's rich. He's the son of a rich mm -hmm. guy. His dad's the owner of that company that he works at. He surrounds himself with rich guys that look just like him. He can disguise himself in modern society. He's fucking, a lot of ways, Donald Trump. You can say whatever you want, do whatever you want, and nobody gives a shit because, you know what? <laughs> you operate outside the norms of, of, of most of us, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, this is So anyway, I'm getting into something else when I do that, but that's what it, that's what it says to me. You know, I do think he's a serial killer. I do think he goes through a psychotic break and I don't think that he's Davis. I know I've seen, I've seen that online where people are like, he's actually Davis the whole time. Oh, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's Ooh. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so that's who? where, that's where I am with that. Davis. Davis. He's yeah. yeah, his lawyer goes, no, you're you're Davis. He's like, no, I'm Patrick Bateman. He goes, no, oh, you're he's, Davis. Oh, he's the guy Paul Allen. Uh, he's another, like he, in effect, yeah. he's like another yeah. one yeah, another, of the friend yeah. circle. The mistaken, yeah, yeah, one of the many. Well, but, but, 
But his lawyer, his lawyer is kind of like that weird moment where his lawyer, it's at the end of the film. He's committed. He's told his lawyer everything. Then he goes back to his lawyer at the restaurant and says, Hey, did you get my message? The lawyer's like, yeah, it was, it was oh, yeah, uh, hilarious. D- yeah. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then they go through that whole One point. One mistake. He's, he's Bateman like, would never fucking have the balls yeah. to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bateman's a dork. Yeah. Such a yeah. Dork. He goes, he says, Davis, you know, I'm not one to madmouth anyone. The joke was amusing. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, no, I'm Patrick Bateman. He goes like, no, you're Davis. And so there's a moment in there where I was like, and I've read the stuff on Reddit. It's like, is Patrick Bateman the whole time this guy Davis, you know? And Carnes had he says he ate twice with Paul Allen in London. So there's that too that kind of puts a lot of shade on <laughs> but everything. It's the whole, the whole, the whole film is a, a farce of mistaken identity. Of so mis- it's like all these just, guys are not interchangeable. Just, but but mm-hmm. not just mistaken identity. It's it's not just mistaken identity. It is it is specifically that that we work so hard to look like each other. We work so yeah. hard to be uniform. It's well, not that's like the point. that yes, just happens. Yes, I, yeah. yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't all, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. That's not it's, mistaken it's not identity. By, that's trying to all look alike. Trying to all be the same. same. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all that's, yeah. that's the reason for the mistaken yes. identity. It's yeah, very absolutely. intentional. Yes. It's it's the farcical satire. That's written within the thing. We're we're agreeing with one another. Yes. No, no. I know. I know. We're agreeing. No, I want to be careful because I don't want people to think because that because in my definition of mistaken identity. That's something different. Mistaken identity is like, oh yeah, it's like you know they they mistake the identity. No, no, no. It is very fucking intentional. They're all it's homogenizing into They're like exactly. trying to be yeah. the most successful, attractive, white, like like yeah. all completely of interchangeable, eyeglass wearing, nothing like, special. And they all have it's, the same inputs on what the style is, and they're all following yeah. it to a T. You I, know, it comes yeah. from a magazine or whatever. GQ, I, I, New York I, Times. I, uh, I do want, I do um, want to, to hear your your insight, Michelangelo. But this is the perfect moment. I do want to mention something that I thought of today when watching American Psycho and my own son. My, this is my youngest son. He had his wisdom teeth pulled out, and he was at lunch today. Molly told him, "She goes, I, I, let me go to Panera and get you some soup, so you can have soup at lunch." Because, you know, you can't really chew on the stuff that they have at their lunch. And he said to her, he said, please don't show up with Panera. I don't want anybody to think I'm, like, different. Wow. And And it made... I want to fit yes. in. And after watching American Psycho this morning and then listening to that, it just, it was different to hear him say that. Yeah, and right. I'm telling you, that's the beauty of art, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. I, I, I was like, he wants to fit in, but he also wants to be special. And that's so, that's such a fucking damning, it's such a hard fucking thing to do in life. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you, you want yeah. to fit in so bad, but you also want to be somehow special. It's just so, anyway, and yeah. So. No, that's that's amazing that you've had like two like experiences that hit right in the wheelhouse yeah. of this film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 So please, Michelangelo, your, yeah. your, your takeaways, your your feelings on the ending all that stuff like you, you you can't take the story literally right yeah, it's right. the first thing for me yeah. right? right like you right. can't yeah. like oh, absolutely. like right that's yeah. the so one like, you can definitely yeah. write off yeah right is like is like well obviously he would have been caught but it's like this is not a, a, a like a normal right. story where this is not a documentary this is this is satire so mm-hmm. it's like I I do see this as like 
he does do all these things. Right? Not not when I was younger, I was like, oh, this must have been I took it literally. It's like, oh, this this is the machinations of his mind these are like the fantasies he lives in he's this pathetic Mm -hmm. loser he's a dork and like these are the things he wish he could say and when i was watching it this time i was like trying to break down i was like oh maybe she's gonna do like a mirror thing because like early on in the film he's very normal and then when he's in the club he tells the bartender that she's a bitch and that he wants to murder her, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking maybe like in, in like because there's the mirror in the in the uh, uh um behind the bar, like we go into the mirror or something, but that doesn't happen. I was thinking maybe that would happen, but it doesn't happen. Um, it's like I I, I like he's he's doing these things. He's he's like a a kid with too much internet access. He's just beaten <laughs> yeah. off raw. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. He's just he's got everything. It's what happens when you have everything presented to you and you you feed only into your base desires and you don't have any concept of trying to be like some sort of evolved person to, to like what what is what is like existence. Right. Outside of material things, outside of sex and greed. Right. Like he he has created this personal hell for himself. And despite his efforts, his extreme efforts to get caught. Right. This like crazy shootout in this confession. He cannot be caught. And it's Mm -hmm. so sad. He when he says, I've gained nothing through this oh i've learned nothing about myself as a result of this and all i want to do is make people hurt the way i hurt right i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not quoting it exactly but like that's what he's saying right is the he's uh uh, in monologue yeah yeah it's Mm -hmm. like that's that's literally what's happening for the character but within the satire of what i'm watching right it's like i can i I can identify with like someone who's like i am so privileged and i am so miserable as a result of it but i cannot break out of this to save my life i'm stuck here i'm in a rut i'm in a and i think we can all we can all relate to being stuck in a in, in a cycle of behavior right where it's like you want to grow out of this but you can't because you're stuck in the cycle of behavior and i think a lot of us maybe experienced that during the pandemic where we were so confined to certain things certain people grew and i think certain people had like a nightmarish experience like myself um yeah you started. Um, you started drawing in books in your little notebook, little you <laughs> <with> know <laughs> pictures uh, <laughs> of women being uh, decapitated. Um, no, um, um, and and I I tried to think of like of of like like Patrick Bateman now with social media, and I think it's a very it's a very hmm. dangerous time because it's a very easy place because it's like you have these algorithms that are designed to break your brain into like scrolling through your most base desires right you like horror movies you like sex you like 
being fit. You like, you know what I mean? It's like whatever those things are. And it's like, I, it's very easy to become a, like to get programmed into being a Patrick Bateman when it's like, turn it off, look outside, pay attention to what's happening in life, have a conversation with a stranger. You know what I mean? Like, re- don't regurgitate an opinion that's been written and thought out by somebody else. What does this mean to you? Yeah, but McLean's do you, don't just do you, quote Mary Hall but, death. Yeah. But, 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 Aaron, but, but, Aaron, you, you, you son know, of a you're bitch. Right, Aaron, damn it. <laughs> but you Sorry. know the story of, you know the story of like pre-social media, Christian Bale walking the Wall Street floor, right? Which he went to the trade uh, floors. This. He was he after after the movie came out. He went and I I don't know if he was invited or if he like just said I'd like to come and somebody was like yeah that'd be cool. He came down to the trading floor, really? and he was heralded as a hero. They're like Patrick Bateman, yeah, so you're right. like this is fresh off American Psycho being released. Yes, this Weird. is prior. This is prior. This. To hit to any social media, and he tells the story, and this is in an interview that he gave uh, in the last like couple of years. But he tells the story of like he realized that that these Wall Street guys didn't get it. No, yeah. they didn't get it. He's not all. even and in the same not, job. It's like a different job he's doing. Yeah, by the way, on the trading floor. I know, I know. I know <laughs> well, he's I know, not even. He's not working too. Like that's yeah, like he's, also he's part in, of yeah, that's he, the satire. Not, he doesn't. That's work. part of the, like he yeah. doesn't know what to do when no one's around. But yeah. but you know that but right? that, that range true of so many of these films. It's like what what's that one that that came out? I even did a monologue from it with Giovanni Ribisi and uh, Boiler um, Room. Boiler Vin Room. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Ben Affleck has oh, the, uh, yeah. the Alec Baldwin, Glengarry yeah. Ross uh, monologue. They're ripping people off right and left and taking money to the bank. And for some reason, a young Mickey thought these guys were cool i don't know i can't explain it i can't explain it it's like i've i've luckily grown up and grown out and and i and i like again i go back on that my one little like mantra of this whole thing is that is that i think the content at the end of the day wins and i think that that the world wisens up and you do learn something from this uh i hope (laughs) that's my like like, to to defend you mickey to defend you you are the ultimate outsider you you're you're an adopted child from like a baby from Honduras. Honduras. No, Honduras. no. The, the, the city was Tegucigalpa. Can you say Tegucigalpa? Yeah. Oh, there you Tegucigalpa. go. Tegucigalpa, and like you had these okay. like white good. Texan parents, and you grew up as like like you know we joke about it. You're the whitest guy. Um, that we know, but it's like, you're not white. And it's like, you grew up in these environments in Texas and, uh, and, uh, Arkansas. And like, there is this very like overcompensating part of yourself, of your personality. You want to fit in just, I want to fit in too. I, I'm like, I, I, I grew up in a very, uh, like white area as as uh, like the the child of like Sicilian immigrants and like trying to mm-hmm. assimilate into American culture. Sure. Like you sure. want to wanting to fit in is a very like thing, like a very uh uh uh, uh you can connect it's with a human that. experience. Who, who doesn't yeah. want to? Yeah, yeah. you want to yeah. fit in, right? Yeah. Um. So I I get what you're saying in regards to that. Um. Uh. 
But. But. <laughs> I'm not justifying is, Patrick Bateman. I just said that, no, no, that no, no, I hope no, that but, the source but, material but, will, this, will win this the day. The most will important, win the day. This is the, this is the most important thing. <laughs> but. Are you going to say important. it or are you just going to keep saying but? This but. is the most important thing. But. I'm this. right. You're wrong. Ooh, so important. You but. Hold on, hold on, but. hold on, hold on. But. Okay. You know, it's who? Don, who? are you ready? Who? Sure, now? Who? Good? Who? Who? Do we recommend this film to? Oh, I got more stuff. Oh, you got more stuff? Okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. Can we do last looks? Last looks. Last looks. Last looks. Chris, last looks. Uh, ooh, real quick. Shoot. Um, uh, bah, 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 sorry. I was not ready. Yeah, you son uh, of a bat, 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 bat. What is this? I'll tell you, this is the difference between someone who's written everything and scribbled it out on like seven pages versus some asshole who's on his fucking laptop. Like, get your shit together. I'm so sorry. Hold, do you want more rustling of papers? While Chris, I'm, oh, sorry. But, I'm sorry. But, hey, Chris, but, Wisconsin but, called. They want, back, buddy. they want you back. <laughs> Um, no, I was just going to say like, there's an early scene before, uh, Patrick Bateman does a murdering murderings in the film in which then, uh, there's a scene that's like, uh, the dark street and he sees a woman and like, he catches her glance. He says, hello. And there's a creepy scene. I was like, man, I am sure that there is probably every woman in the world has had that experience of yep. some creepy guy on mm-hmm. like a street or something like that. Like that just seems so like, I, I like the fact that the film starts like his, like setting the tone of him being, you know, a psychopath is this incredibly human experience that is, you know, off putting, I think to me as a male viewer, and I'm sure for a female viewer would be very, you know, oh yeah, I can identify to a situation in which mm-hmm. I felt scared. Like, is this person just being weird or are they going to lash yeah. out at me? And also too, I feel like that's a running thing. Like, I think that you can go back through the last handful of films that we've done. There's been a scene similar to that. Just kind yeah. of interesting. I, I will say to Mickey's point, there, there, there is the layer that uh, 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 the director puts in. It's like, she is worried for a second, but he's so handsome mm-hmm. and so well dressed that it's like, I guess I'm gonna give this guy the time of day, right? Yeah, it's her and fault. The, but it's like, oh fuck, yeah, it's her fault. That I'm bitch. kidding. I'm kidding. That was a, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was know, hoping you picked that up. Thank God. Thank yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> uh, it, obviously, it was a joke. It's like, well, of course, it's like there. There is this like was the Fibonacci, uh, uh, Fibonacci sequence. A sequence where it's what? like he's he fits the Fibonacci sequence. It's just like there's something about an attractive person. You're like, yes, I will. That's what so, influencers. It's like, oh, this person must know Ted something Bundy. about health and fitness and things like that. And Ted Bundy, it's like, but Ted they're Bundy's so attractive. Was that was uh, I, I like that. That <laughs> I was thing like is like I was gonna like... I'm gonna maybe duct tape you, but you didn't know about Ted Bundy, so <laughs> I. I Often, I, I, and I will say as, as like the base part of a male, like I will say like there are often times with Allie where I'll be like, hey, 
I'm going to bring this up. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, uh, never mind. I, th I think I'm just going to like, I think I'm just going to Charlie Brown my way, my, my Charlie Brown my way back into the bedroom or something. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not um, blaming Allie for, for cha changing the name of the section, but she, I, she wasn't on board with bromancing the bone. And I thought that was really <laughs> clever. A movie, a movie callback, you know, a movie that we all watched as well, kids. Well, True Bromance is also a callback to a film. It's also a callback to a great yeah. film. Yeah, I know. It's, it's they're 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 yeah. I would watch. Uh, I would uh, watch uh, True Bromance over over Bromancing this. No, wait a second. I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> you'd watch Broke <laughs> Back Bromantin. Oh boy! <laughs> Let's just take that section out. <laughs> Bromancy the Stone is a great movie. I, 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 I'll, I'll agree with you there. Okay, I've I had too many al dentes. Real, um, real quick, I wanted to bring up something, which was that. So you know, so much of this film, right, in the book is about image and all that's done for image, right? And like, even like as we've been kind of talking about, like how like. You know, Patrick Bateman's morning routine was kind of it can be something that's been parodied on social media and then even non parodied like it's just like the this is my day in the life as a blah, blah, blah. And it's like it feels like a Patrick Bateman esque thing, which begs the yeah. question, right, of like in the film when the book was written and then when the film came out, this is all pretty much pre social media influx. There Incredibly is pre social media. Yeah, there was no well, social media. Uh, MySpace was around in 2000. But anyway, doesn't matter. Point B. No, but is that okay? Okay. Have a few more beers. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I'm is that like you know, wealth, like wealth creates their ability <laughs> of Patrick Bateman and all of his friends and all that to create the image to be seen. The most important factor is to be seen. That's why you get to the be restaurant seen. reservation at the popular mm -hmm. restaurant. Go to the club. Blah blah blah. That's what social media is today, right? So it's like it how much of access. the element of it. Yeah. Has, has the access element, which in the time of the book in the film was this, you know, the special area that was only allowed to the privilege has become decentralized to now everybody who has yeah. a social Good media point. account. And then how much yeah. of that sickness then is in all of us then because of that fact. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, a good man. point. I, that's a great point. I want to blow, blow my brains out every fucking time I'm on social media. I just want to fucking sh fucking blow my brains out. So, <laughs> oh God, listen, everybody, listen. I'm gonna uh... put a trigger warning. Um... <laughs> trigger warning. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Cut I had a couple out. things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Moving. Uh, yeah. So how about that restaurant Texarkana, huh? I want to get the only reason why I would like, come uh, to this fucking place is your, uh, what is it? The, what is the uh, name the of the pork. soup? Well, there's mud soup. Oh, and there's the yeah. something with charcoal. Wasn't it like crawdad mud soup or something? It was, it was more it than was mud soup. It's like, yeah. The only like Leto says says like Paul Allen says like the only reason yeah. why I came to this place was this like charcoal braised arugula, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah the mint jelly pork loin, like I and yeah. I, I I do I do enjoy I do enjoy it's like okay Bateman's obviously there because no mm -hmm. one would be there but he still right. is embarrassed. 
mm-hmm. for having yes. not got like not getting into Dorcia and for picking this place. It's like oh, I, and, and picked... I, disagree. I disagree. That's the whole okay. joke, though. He's trying to get. He wants Paul Allen to sit in this desolate, crappy restaurant. He's going to show up late to it, and then he's going to belittle him by being like. Oh, is that Ivanka Trump over there? Like that type of thing. No, oh, I, yeah. I hear you. I think that's all true. But I also feel like Patrick Bateman is such a fucking like 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 pathetic loser that he still feels embarrassed for having to to put Paul through this. It's it's both. I don't have that read on it at all. He plans it, but like I still feel he's like he's vulnerable to the insult. Anyways, I do like his. Uh, I could have gotten a stable at Dorcia. No one goes there. <laughs> like that yeah. No one goes that there. That line no is there. fantastic. No, I just thought that. I just, I just thought that was a, a very funny sequence because it also looks like a restaurant that my parents would go to in New York City and be like, "I was oh, at that yeah. restaurant with your parents and you in New York City. We went to like, we went the to like a Dallas, Texas Dallas menu. barbecue. Fucking yeah. It's like we're in New York City. And, Let's go to the Dallas. And I, I, I will say at the time, I'm like a fucking extremely poor artist student i'm like i was yeah. just happy to eat a meal at a restaurant are you yeah. kidding me i don't yeah. care where it's at yeah. but yeah we were at a restaurant very similar to that yeah and and not to, and not to obviously not to insult anybody but texarkana is a city that is on the border of texas and arkansas texarkana and i'm sure mm-hmm. that everybody knows that listening but that's also just kind of funny to me because i'm from texas and arkansas and i'm like oh yeah that's pretty much texarkana I- big ass menu really like chintzy kind of like tex-mex like not really yeah it's just yeah I- so you would eat at texarkana would you be a big fan in 1980s, I feel like I, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That would have been, <laughs> yeah. been there all the time. Yeah, yeah. I when when I went out to parent when I went out to uh, dinner with Mickey's parents, I remember I ordered soup because I wanted to be like, I don't want to like make his dad pay. Like his dad's gonna pay for everybody. I don't want to like try. Sure. And I remember his dad, the look on his face. He was like so mad at me <laughs> that I, I was like, what are, you doing? <laughs> "What are you doing? Order soup? Order something? Order something substantial?" And I was like, yeah. I'm "Ordering soup." And he was like pissed. I, <laughs> I don't think your father likes me because I ordered soup. No, my father likes you. I do. I do think that there's like a what's wrong with this kid ordering soup? Who's my yeah. Who's my son running around with? Who are these people? They're on drugs. They only eat soup. Well, <laughs> to be did. fair, he took him. You're at a barbecue restaurant in uh, Michelangelo. Weren't you like, excuse me, do you have a good booyah base tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's you're exactly like, I'll just do the I tomato sounded. brisk. I'll do the tomato brisk, please. Okay. Chris's <laughs> voice wasn't problematic, but I'll say Mickey's voice was. Uh, Why Mickey, was what else? <laughs> I was going to say, I was doing yeah, a tweet. I don't think Mickey was doing <laughs> Can I get some tomato brisk, please? No, I was just doing a young Michelangelo. No, that's that a different voice. voice. Replay it. Replay it. <laughs> replay it right now. Mickey, edit it. Mickey's the editor. Put a, can you put in a rewind noise here and then replay it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'll just do the tomato brisk. I'll do the tomato brisk, please. So, Mickey, what else you got to say so we can fucking get the recommendations? I feel okay. like you're talking uh, about this thing I, 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 too I, I, I got nothing else. I, I got nothing else. I just want to give a small shout-out to an amazing cast. Uh, everybody <laughs> in this cast is yes. incredible. 
I know we've said it over and over again, but it's like Josh Lucas, Bill Sage, Justin Thoreau, mm-hmm. Christian Bale, Chloe Sevigny, Samantha Mathis, Jared Leto, Kara Seymour, mm-hmm. Stephen Bogart, Monica Meyer, Guinevere, Tur- or Guinevere Turner, the writer, gets to be in the movie. It's incredible. Yep. It's like everybody is fantastic, oh! and I'm sure oh! I love somebody else. Oh. oh, oh! I need to talk oh. about this real quick. Andrew Dice Clay, thank you for coming oh. on the podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Little Miss Muppet. Little Boy Blue. Sat out of Tuppet. <laughs> if you know Andrew Dice Clay, you'll laugh. But if you don't, you, you're like, what is he doing? Uh-huh. Anyways. Justin Thoreau. I I so I sent you guys I sent you guys a, a like oh, a, yeah. a photo what of Justin Thoreau's that? eyes yeah. during an interview for American Psycho and you will see if you if you look at the photo he's got these like green eyes but then there's this thick black line on the outline which makes me believe he's wearing contact lenses to to change the color of his eyes and during the uh what when i was watching this film every time i watch this film i'm like justin thoreau has like weird looking eyes does he have like a weird stigmatism like they look like i'm colorblind so they look a little red to me they look a little demon to me like what's going on there and then i was watching these behind the scene uh uh a film of justin thoreau and it's a close-up on his eyes, and there's that black line on the edge of his iris. And I'm like, is he? does he wear contacts to change the color of his eyes? Does he have, like, brown eyes, and he's making them green? Like... You guys, was that, was that it? it? That's it. That was it? Oh, you have no Christ. answer. You have no answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What color is his eyes? I'm colorblind. I don't that know. Matter? I don't know. It's weird to me. That's all. You guys didn't notice he had weird eyes? No. no. Okay. Never mind. We'll talk about this later off the podcast. Who do we recommend this movie to? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. I need another beer. Oh, beer. Oh, beer. something more there. <laughs> no! Such a long build-up to Such be like, I don't know. <laughs> and then you're I don't know. believe this, but... <laughs> no, not just, a, not just a long build-up. One that he's taken day... He sent us this picture a, a, a day ago. Like, he's, he's built this up over 24 hours. <laughs> No, more than 24 <laughs> hours. More. More. It's worse than 48 that. 48 or more. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. 48 okay. easy. So I, uh, I'll tell you my recommendation. Are we doing recommendations? We're doing recommendations, yes. Okay. I'll do my recommendation. Who comes into the video store uh, and you're like, you got to see a man I, 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 I hate to do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. If you're coming into this video store... <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a constant You need theme. to see this fucking movie. Yep. If you come in and you tell me you like 30 seconds to Mars, you need to see this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you come in here and you... Okay, <laughs> Carl Sagan. Okay, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> First thing that people got to say, I'm a huge Jared Little music fan. <laughs> you gotta see Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> huge fan of 30 seconds to Mars. That's how long it love takes it, to get there. It. Tomorrow, yeah, it's, he gets it. He gets it. no. Seriously, I, I, I don't know anybody I wouldn't recommend this to. It's, it's that good. Yeah, nice, Chris. Uh, I would, I would pretty much say the same thing. I would recommend it to everyone. I love this film. I, you know, it's interesting to me though, right? Like, especially reading uh, a lot about it, kind of before we recorded, how like I didn't realize how this premiered at Sundance and how like 
everyone didn't, well, I shouldn't say everyone. It was not very widely liked. Like Guinevere Turner has a story about the night after its premiere, she was supposed to have dinner with Kevin Smith and he like canceled the last second. Mm -hmm. And like years later he admitted to her. Really? Yeah. I was at the screening and I hated the film so much that I had to cancel dinner because yeah. I couldn't face you. Wow. I, like, yeah. That's insane to me. I, like, I, it, this worked on, for on. me. The, right fact, the fact that that's coming from Kevin Smith. That's yeah. okay. I have well, a whole podcast to talk about that. That's, that's insanity. I mean, yeah. I mean, but like a lot of critics like panned it. Like Roger Ebert wrote a scathing review on his but, first one. Sure. And but years later came back and said, you know, hey, I was actually really wrong about this and blah, blah, blah. But for Kevin Smith, like a person who's had like such a such a crazy career of people being like, Ugh, you know what I mean? Like for him to watch this and not get it, that really well, makes yeah. me question my 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 uh my love of uh, like his early work. And his I mean, mid his mid being. work his mid work no no I mean he can I'm a see psychopath and then like be wrong I'm and a psychopath no I'm a psychopath I'm a okay. psychopath well be judgmental about it. <laughs> but anyway the point of it was just that like it's interesting to me how like in reading how there was a lot of people that this film did not work for and it was only it took years for it really its appreciation to grow I'm hopeful that like now when people see it they can easily just see it for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. See that it's a satire and see its relevance, mm-hmm. which kind of goes to what we've been talking a bit today about its effect on maybe more susceptible younger viewers. But hopefully, uh, hopefully it works. I'd say maybe like, you know, I think an interesting double feature would be like if you watch this with like the house that Jack built or something like that. Or cruising. Like, you say that on every <laughs> film. He likes to put cruising on after every film. I like every time we watch a movie together, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "You want to put yeah. on cruising? A little double feature cruising now, and then cruising time now. Yeah. We got a couple beers. Let's put on cruising. How about let's watch cruising, huh?" But yeah, no, I'd recommend this to everybody. Michelangelo, who would you recommend this to? Maybe people who've had a few more beers. <laughs> um, I resent that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, are you a fan of our Halloween playlist? Check out those episodes oh, yeah. because there's a there's a fantastic song that has to do with <laughs> Patrick Bateman returning his videotapes. Um, that uh, Chris, you, you have a confused look on your face. Do you not know this song? What's he talking about, <laughs> Mickey? Hold oh, on, we have it. We have it on the yeah. on the Can pod. You play it. Play we it have right it on now. the Discord. I, th- I think so, hon. Um, uh, so. I don't think it was an official selection of mine, but it was an honorable mention one year. But it's it's a song that a fantastic uh, 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 artist came up with that is like it's like an R&B Bateman song about how he has to return the videotapes. Um, Mickey, are you close at all to pulling it up? There it is. I want to fit in. Sorry, you're just not terribly important to me. Let's, Chris, you listen to it, and this will be a live Chris listening to it. Hey, there you go. 
Talk about <laughs> distilling like the film into like like this really yeah. distills the film into like a couple of minutes. We are definitely going out on that. Yeah. Well, I gotta do my recommendations. No, we're going out. No, we're we're, we're going out. I'm no, sorry, okay, buddy. Okay. We're going out on this. Right now. No, I'm kidding. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, well, uh, layer, layered in. Um, are, are are you a fan of uh, um, uh, renting uh, from our video store Confessions of a Window Cleaner? That's one what? of the porn. That's a porn Bateman. That's a oh, fake okay. porn Bateman okay. rents. Um, by the way, do you think Bateman? So Bateman is obviously a supporter of the local video shop, and like yeah, I bet you he's got lots of late fees um, from yeah. like all the porn yeah. I just don't think he gives films. a shit. He rents right? films, and then they say, "Hey, like you need to like this is probably back to like great like hey you've had this for like three weeks it's now like four hundred dollars for yeah. you know whatever." No, I've had mm-hmm. I've had those conversations with people like mm-hmm. you'd be calling the house. You, and like obviously not in Bateman's case, but like you'd be like talking to like the wife of the house, and you like there's like a, a there's like a ninety dollar late fee on like a porn title that you don't want to yeah. say to the wife because it's obvious sure. that the yeah. husband rented it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's where you make your yeah. bread and butter is like especially the porn because it's like uh, there's so much shame connected to the porn, but it's like does he have shame can i I'd be interested like is he an ideal video store customer or is he not would he contest mm. the late fees you know what i mean would he just pay them or would he just right. like you know what i mean because it's status right it's not just money but it's also status anyway um um are you a fan of a louise bunel's 1972 french surreal satire the discreet charm of the bourgeois, then I highly recommend 2000's American Psycho. Um, Have you seen this? Yes. Okay. Um, when I was... You look under- like you're just reading off a piece of paper, so I when couldn't tell. <laughs> I was, um, uh, but I did, uh, I did uh, have a part at, uh, in an opera at BAM, um uh and uh, one of the research films I watched books, books was, a million yeah uh, books a million books a million um yeah uh uh one of the films I did watch during that time period when I was researching like what the fuck am I in I don't I don't speak French what am I doing how why am I in a French opera this is crazy that was one of the films I watched was the discreet charm of the bourgeois um. I agree with both of you. Obviously, if you come to this video store, you have to. What are you doing? You laughing at me? Are you coughing? Oh, no. What's happening? No. I, I laugh at you. The fact that you had to bring up uh, an art film from the seventies, needlessly. No, never. Um, <laughs> thank you. I just want to fit in. He's God, trying I hate so this hard. place. It's a it's a He's chick video so store. Hard. It's a chick video <laughs> store. Um, you know your compliment was sufficient, Mickey. Okay, that's another quote. Um, yeah, if you if you come to this video store, you have to see this. Um, thank you so much for listening to the episode, listener. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Assuming you have positive things to say please 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 um 
Chris, thank you so much for being here again in the basement with us. We love having you here um, as often as possible. Mickey, thank you, sir, for your hey, amazing hey. insight, yep. for your editing, for uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, for social media stuff that you've been doing. Uh, where what what social media yeah. are we on? You know, you can you can follow us on the old Instagram uh, at the return slot underscore of horror pod. <laughs> You got it. I know I'm it's not as fun. I got it. Buddy. He just used a smile. It's like the thing is, here's the thing though. I get so excited when I nail it now, and I don't get the response from you that I want. Not, I want yeah, to yeah. be like, oh, disappointed yeah, you do, whenever you are correct. Whenever you fuck up, I am overjoyed. Well, now, now you. <laughs> Now, now you know what it's like whenever I show that my Edgar Allan Poe bust, and you guys are like, "What does it do?" Charlie what Chaplin looks like shit. You should get a new one. What happened to Charlie Chaplin's head? It's got really messed up huge. looking, bro. Got huge. Yeah, yeah, oh thank you. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I also, also, just want to uh, also, if you go on Letterbox and you're looking for somebody to follow, you can follow the uh, Return Slot. Uh, of horror pod on letterboxd i've been putting together curating the films we've done uh from the first two seasons haven't got to season three yet yeah and um we're also going to be making the leap to youtube Whoa. which is pretty exciting wait, 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 wait. so we're gonna yeah you're gonna yep. like people can, can might see be it. seeing our faces us People can see at yeah, some point. Oh, yeah. no. These, uh, they're they're going to be coming into the basement. They're going to see the Edgar Allen. They're going to see how right I am about how terrible that thing looks. How awful it stinks and looks. Hey, hey, Listen, now, right now, listeners, get ready to comment on this bust. We need you to join the team here, okay? It's a Michael's bust that he's so proud of. But it's really cool. Chris, we partnered with this... Not you, the Michaels. store. Michaels. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It is for Michael. No, but, but the reason we're going to YouTube, <laughs> the reason we've made this leap is because we have partnered with this kick-ass entertainment company, Red Tower Entertainment. It's like the spooky, fun YouTube channel showing original short horror films, uh, many of which came from their spooktacular film festival. So, hey, listen out there, little filmmakers. People want to get a little notice of their scary films. They're still open for submissions via Film Freeway. So you can have your film in the spooktacular film festival by Red Tower nice. Entertainment. So just search for the Return Slot of Horror podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe now, and you'll be notified once we're officially launched. Um, we'll be doing a few special episodes for the medium, so you, you'll get, like I said, you'll get to like see what we actually look like. But more fun oh, is wow. uh, we're going to have an animated intro thanks to Whoa. production studio a Negative dream Kitty. come true. Yeah, well, you can't talk while I say the name. It's got a... You gotta Listen, give me the I understand space that. To, to say, the, say it negative again. Negative Kitty. I'm giving you the space. <laughs> give you space with your Negative Kitty. Get it. Negative... <laughs> so thanks to the production studio Negative Kitty who's making our dreams come true and turning us into animated characters I'm very excited very excited about that um, uh, and if that wasn't enough uh, we're uh, going to be working with Fangoria oh, yeah. they're offering what? our listeners 20, 25 oh my gosh this is why we needed <laughs> I can't talk do it one more I can't talk <laughs> right, I'll, I'll edit it start Go over start over start over and it <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <No>! <laughs>
What the fuck did I do? Go for it. Go, go for it. it. Hey, Nikki, go. Yeah. Go to okay, station. Ready? Go for go it. <laughs> go to station. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're going to station. We're going to station. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, Fangoria is offering our listeners 20% off everything in their merch shop. Just use code REDTOWER at checkout. All one word for 20% off your entire purchase. Nice. That's very exciting to be affiliated. That's yeah. incredible. Anyway, with with uh, with Fangoria. Um, um, so again, yeah, it's dream come true. Yeah, so thank you, Red Tower. Thank you, Allie, for uh, making a lot of this happen. Uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, Molly. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, you Negative Kitty. Thank you, Negative Kitty. Um, uh, thank you, Halumi. Thank you, Columbo. No, they don't count. Um, thank you. Thank Paul you, Patrick Allen. Bateman. Thank you, Patrick Bateman. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Paul Allen, the unsung hero thank, yeah, of this thank film. Thank you, yep. waiter at Texarkana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the unsung hero. And most importantly, thank you, Kristen. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a throwback. Yeah, it's it a is, throwback. It is. She's. We know you're there. We know may, you're may, maybe one of our first and most loyal uh-huh. listener. <laughs> We're, Kristen, we've all we've grown up. We're gonna have animations. It's it's we we screwed up. We took one of our listeners and turned him into a um, uh, a guest you host up, from time to time. <laughs> A guest host, I know. <laughs> That's right, listener. You too can become a co-host yeah, on the show. Yeah, all you gotta do is all you have to do. Yeah, what, just and, just and like, listen, rate, yep, review, yep. subscribe, send us money. This is like a pyramid. That's what Chris does. You get in, no. you subscribe. You oh listen, yeah, 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 you get more listeners. You keep growing up. You keep hosting more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think of it oh, as a, been a, a, a reverse diamond. <laughs> all right. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, guys. I have to go return some videotapes upstairs. Oh, you got us. Did you know I'm utterly